Mac Power Users, Episode 46, Workflows with Merlin Mann, Part 2. to another episode of the Mac Power Users Podcast. I'm Katie Floyd, alongside with David Sparks. You ready, David? You bet. All right. Without further ado, we're going to jump right back into this because, ladies and gentlemen, Merlin Mann. Hi again, guys. Thank you for having me back. Thank you. Sure, it was nice having you back, Merlin. It was great seeing you this year at Macworld. Oh, thank you. I mean, just so you know, I mean, I, I never stopped talking from our last interview, so it's just it's mainly just an issue of getting back in front of the mic so you can hear me, but... Uh, I was so excited about how the last one went, and people seemed to like it. So um, I'm thrilled to be here, and I'm thrilled to see you guys being such big shots on the internet. You're such a you're such a rousing success story. I'm very proud of both. Well, of you you've, you kind of do your own thing too, so you're you're not so bad yourself. <laughs> That's yeah. I'm going to take that as a right handed compliment. I, I definitely yeah. No, I'm a mess, but thank you, Katie. Thank you. Yeah. It's oh, great it's- to be back. It's great to be back. You guys are big shots now. You run this game now. You guys are like the big <laughs> right. name. You're the big name now, right? You, you're, you're putting all these all these greens. You know, and these morons aside, and you're taking over. Is that how it works? Uh, I'm not sure about that, but we're having a great time doing whatever we do. So I guess that's all that matters. Awesome. Hey, um, before we get started, I just wanted to make a note. We usually don't do this kind of stuff on the show, but you know, there's a lot of st- there's a lot of problems over in Japan right now, and I've been getting emails from readers and listeners who are in Japan and telling me, you know, what they're going through. And I thought it's worth mentioning. You know, you can go on iTunes and make a contribution. Uh, to the Red Cross. 100% of your money goes straight to the Red Cross. And we're all nerds and we like iTunes. We all have iTunes accounts. And there are there are Mac power users over there in Japan suffering right now. So if you feel it in your heart, go ahead and uh, make a donation. I've been for the last couple of days, every time I buy an app, I, I match it with iTunes donations. And do I would appreciate it. Yeah. So give it some thought if you're listening to the show. I think it would be helpful. Yeah. In fact, if you were going to donate to us, don't. Donate to them instead. They need it more than we do. Okay, so catching up, um, you know, Merlin, uh, in the last year, you and I have talked a few times, and uh, you've been working on all sorts of projects, and mm-hmm. you've also been my personal therapist, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but you've also added a podcast this year. <laughs> Wait, are you competing with us well, now? Oh, gosh, uh, does anybody really compete? No, not really in this space. I don't know, I don't know. Um, well, yeah, I do a thing now with Dan Benjamin called Back to Work. And it's, uh, what is it about? It's, um, I don't know, we've done eight episodes. Which I, is, I just think it's completely awesome. So you've I, listened I to, to it. You've heard it. Yeah, well, oh, you, yeah. Mentioned, you mentioned, I know you heard one episode at least. No, yeah. I've listened to, I think I'm behind a little bit, but I've, I've listened to most of them. And I think every episode has been good and uplifting. And uh, it's not just Mac stuff. It's really, you know, it's about getting back to work. It's and, about life stuff. You know. Yeah. It, yeah, it's, it really pushes all my buttons. So I, I recommend anybody who hasn't tried it yet, go, go check it out. Well, thanks. I, I, I really, really appreciate you saying that. It's, um, what, what is it? It's, it's something where, um, I don't know, I guess part of my goal in whatever it is that I do, and I'm still trying to figure out what it is that I do, like, like everybody, I think, uh, is that I, I think there's a, you get a gut sense of whether you're doing the thing you want to do or not. And the problem is that I think for a lot of us, at least, for myself, when I was a little bit younger, I spent years 
just kind of knowing that it wasn't what I wanted to do. And it wasn't so different from being a teenager and being into punk rock, which I was, because you start defining yourself completely by things that you aren't and things that you don't like. And the nice thing about finally finishing puberty sometime in my probably 30s and now being a middle-aged man is I, have a, I do have, I think, a bit much better sense of when I'm, when I'm doing the thing that I want to be doing. And this just felt right. I, there is, it's a long story, but I mentioned it a little bit in the first episode, but some, something happened with a work thing where I had this kind of breakthrough and I was like, I've got to do this thing with Dan. And it is, I, I've been really happy with it. Well, I'm, the reason I'm mentioning all this is because, well, because of why the show exists, which is, and why, why we're having this conversation, which is that our work is more than our work. You know, it's, it's why it's worth taking seriously and lightly at the same time, you know, light enough to be, to be, to be great and playful, but serious enough to do good stuff and, I appreciate you saying that, but I, and, and I, I like it too. I, I like that it's, it's a mix of you know, me being silly and Dan being Dan, and uh, I, I, hope it's, I hope it's helpful. I think, I think there's a lot of good stuff going on in the space right now. I really do. Um, you know, it used to be when podcasts first started, it was just like three hours of two guys talking about Ubuntu, and like, I think that's gotten a lot better. <laughs> well, I think Dan single-handedly has revolutionized the uh, Mac space. I mean, with the stuff he's doing over there, it's just amazing. And uh, I'm so excited to see everything time he has a new project. I'm, I'm excited to see what he's up it's to. It's very high so you got to listen to that. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Well, the thing is, Dan's always like trying to kiss my butt and going, I'm Merlin, I love And I was like, but you have no idea. Like, I've, I've, I've been doing your tutorials for like 10 years. Like, I love you, Dan. Like, I seriously love you. And like, I don't know, you're absolutely right. It's another one, of, I think I said this last time, but it's like Nirvana, right? It's one of those things where you go like, why have we not always had this band? And with Dan, it's like, it seems so obvious now to have really high quality polished stuff that's not over edited and not unedited with this same personality as the hub. You know, I mean, it's like Leo does a similar thing and he does great work with that. Obviously, he's been very successful, but I don't know. I think Dan brings a kind of polish and personality and... uh I don't know. Anyway, I don't want to be all meta, but I, I love doing it. That and you look nice today. I have to say, weirdly, it's I'm supposed to be a writer, but those are my two favorite things I'm involved with right now, and uh, I'm really proud of both of them. And and largely because I, <sighs> Eric Clapton, when he left uh, when he left the Yardbirds, and then after he left, especially after he left Cream, just decided he wanted to just be a guitar player. He was tired of being the rock star. And I'm not saying I'm a rock star, but I'm saying like, I like being part of a team. You know what I mean? I like I want to just play with you know, you know, uh, Bonnie Bramlett and Delaney Bramlett and just rock and, <laughs> and not have it just be a Merlin thing. Well, you know, it's funny, Merlin, because you say you're a writer, but in my opinion, some of the best stuff you've done is ex, ex, extemporaneous speaking. You know, uh, where you just you just go off, and <laughs> a lot of times I think you speak truth that way better than you do when you sit down and plan something out so it's I, no question i, I wouldn't say somebody that would write it down for me <laughs> i feel it's my native gabbing and like prattling on is obviously what i do best for better or for worse and it's we should talk about this later we have a, we mentioned we might talk a little about writing i think that's really hard I, i'm a talker not a writer natively and just one quick side note, like I'd hired this coach for a while to help me with my book, and she was super cool. But the best thing she ever said to me was, I was like, oh, I'm having this trouble, and I can't write this. And, I, nah, 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 nah. and she's like, well, you have no problem just saying whatever you want for like four hours. You could just talk forever, and you have no fear about what comes out, which is absolutely true. She says, and yet you completely self-edit yourself over one sentence that you write. And she's like, why do you think that is? And I still haven't figured it out, but I think it's like the best question anybody has ever asked me about my work. And I think it, as we'll get to hopefully later, I, I think that's the thing we all struggle with. You know, these little modalities in our brain where some days that modality helps us make something great and other days it makes us sad. We want to watch like Family Feud. 
you know, and eat Swanson's dinners or something, you know? Yeah. But thank you. Thank you anyway. <laughs> blah, blah. Thank you very much. It's super cool of you to say. Hey, on a nerd point there, have you ever tried Dragon Dictate? Have you ever tried to just speak into your computer and have it write the stuff for you? I've used, yes, I've used Dragon, I think that's what it's called. I don't know what it's called on the iOS, but I've used that, and I've played with Mac Speech. I yeah. bought Mac Speech. They are now the same. Yeah, Dragon, and now it's called Dragon Dictate. I know Mac. it's Dragon's, I'm going to misspeak technically, but the engine, like whatever, there's like Dragon's engine underneath that, right? Yeah, yeah. So well, do you guys use that a lot? Do you use it? I, I do all the time. Dragon, uh, the company behind Dragon Engine is Nuance, and they bought Mac Speech uh, a year or two ago. And now they've released Mac Speech as Dragon Dictate, and they've got the new Dragon 11 engine in it. And I use it so much. I mean, I, I can't tell you how much it saved my bacon when I wrote that book because, you know, I would just sit and, and talk through a chapter. And I do it every day for work as in the law practice. I write correspondence and email. I just, you know, I just blather that stuff out, and I can do it so much faster with Dragon. And also, as I'm getting older, I'm having some RSI issues. So it, it saves me on that as well. So I would recommend you, you should try that out because mm. you may find that you get some nice content out if you just sit back with a microphone and let it and go. And then just go back and edit it. Maybe yeah, edit I've got a, a lot, I don't wanna, but, you know. Well, I've got a million, I've got a million questions because I, I tried it. And um, just to be dead honest, I've started a text file, one of my running text files, where I've written, I've started to capture all the things that I need to start realizing are red flags for me. I can pull this up. Because um, seriously, I've got these red flags. <laughs> and like, what are they? Um, yeah. Oh, God. What do I have in here so far? Um, oh, gosh. Regular expressions, bash, set, awk, mind mapping, and CMSs. Anytime I start to try to learn regular expressions, anytime I change my bash profile, anytime I start looking at new mind mapping apps, or anytime I'm tempted to play with a CMS, and I'm going to add to that dictation. Um, these are all red flags for me because um, the problem was I played with that and I loved it. And I, I, the question for me, well, the second question is I want to know, I want to know how it adds to your net productivity because it made, I, I got derailed for a couple days with it and trying to, <laughs> Katie, this is the part where you're supposed to shake your head. I got derailed because I spent so much time trying to tweak it and I had to teach it and, and you know what I mean? And I, so the, the big question is like when you guys use you it. You mean like training it? Like getting it used to your voice? <sighs> Honestly, this is such a Merlin story. Okay. Not, well, I don't even, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> this may be a three parter, folks. Uh, <laughs> I have an Edderall, which is this really nice solid state digital recorder that I, I got it originally because I thought I was going to be doing more live podcast recordings. It's a fantastic little thing. You pop in one of those little mini SD cards, and you can have like, you know, eight gigs of, you know, CD quality sound. And sure. It's great. And it's great. And it works great. It records great. It's fantastic. <laughs> this is so sad. And I love that thing. But I, So the thing that drove me crazy was I realized I had to use that headset to get the best results, right? This is that goofy Garth Brooks thing that comes with Mac speech. At least it used to. I don't know if it's still Okay, yeah. Yeah, so you get the thing where you look like a telephone operator. You look like, you know, Ruth Buzzy or Lily Tomlin, I guess. And you're, and you're, and you're sitting there and you're talking to your computer. And I got it pretty good. But then I thought, you know, it would be really great is if I could walk around. <laughs> around and go places and do this. Oh, we can fix so I, got that this, I got into this incredibly Byzantine thing where I'd figure it out. I could wear this headphone thing or I, I had actually tried it with my Edemotics and I could record it, but then I was like, is there a way to autom- get an automator script that would pull it off? You can see where I'm going with this. Yeah. 
And then eventually I was like, okay, finally, after like two days of this, I went, it is great. It is great. Because I could, the thing is, if I walk around my office and talk to myself, and just on an orthogonal point, I said this before, but you know, it's my fingers that tell me I'm typing, not my brain. And the same thing happens with talking. If I just talk and I get out of the self-consciousness of talking to myself, you're exactly right, David. That's so much stuff comes out. But setting aside all of the Ederall, Garth Brooks issues, so for you folks, when you um, do this, now in your case, and both of you have like an assistant or an admin who can help you, is that what happens? You talk, you send that file to somebody, and then they tweak it? Or, or like, is it, because my problem is, it's almost like uh, c- capturing stuff in GTD where the difference between 99 and 100% is all the difference. Even like 90% correct in there, I find myself not trusting it sort of. Like, do you get it close enough that you go, this is as good as typing a first draft? It's real close. And I understand the pacing issue because I'm the same way. Uh, sitting there with a leash attached to the computer would make me crazy. <laughs> but Really? You know, How yes. do you do it? How do you so do it? I spent an extra 100 bucks when I bought it and I got the Bluetooth headset. And so there's a little Bluetooth dongle that plugs into your Mac. And then there's a little thing that fits in your ear. kind of looks like a you know, Bluetooth headset, you know, and, uh, which is equally nerdy, but nevertheless works for 30 feet or so. So I plug it in. And I walk around my office and I open um, text edit and I make the font like 48 points. I make it so I can see it across the room. Mm-hmm. And I just have a full screen and I, I literally pace around the room and talk. And I can see the words showing up scrolling across text edit from across the room. Wow. And I just crank that stuff out. And using the iPad, like I'll carry around my iPad sometimes and I'll have all my, through the Exchange Network, I'll have all my work emails. So I'll sit there and I'll just say, you know, dear John, Thank you for the kind letter, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then I'll finish the letter. I'll, I'll say, new paragraph, dash, dash, new paragraph. Dear Mike, it was really nice hearing from you. New paragraph, dash, dash. So I'll just go through and dictate the text for all of the email correspondence I need to deal with in the day. And it's one big text file. And it's, you know, like I said, I do all this without ever touching a keyboard. Mm-hmm. And then I'll sit down and go through, and I do edit it. I'll go through and say, well, you know, I wanted to say something else. I may add a sentence here or there. Um, and you know, I make sure it gets right before it goes out. And then I just block and copy those pieces into the various emails and they go out. But you just sort of, it sounds like, I mean, I'm putting this in my words, but I mean, I, what I realized by the end when I said, okay, stop, go write like an adult. What are you doing? You know, that's, you're a writer. You're not a person who, you shouldn't be a person who plays with a, with a computer. And that's, I really believe that even though I don't always do it. But what I, what I thought was, you know, there's <laughs> that old phrase you hear in church when I was a kid, you got to let go and let God. Is that kind of it? Do you sort of have to stop thinking about it? Is it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Is it? It becomes a little bit like learning keyboard shortcuts, right? At a certain force. point. <laughs> is that fair to say though? Yeah. You've got to just let her rip, and then. So, do you do like new paragraph or like new line, new line? Do you do stuff like that? Yeah, and yeah, it works great. The new the Dragon Eleven engine's even better than the one in Max Beach Dictate. Uh, it does a very good right, job. All right, all right. Um, you know, uh-huh. I've had mixed roots. Some people don't like it, but I'm used to dictating. Mm-hmm. Despite all the ums and ahs, if you listen to this podcast, you'd never guess because I trip all over myself. But uh, during the day, you know, I, I've dictated for 20 years now, so I'm used to it. But it's not that hard. You just put the mic on and just start talking. And don't worry about looking at watching the words go across the screen. Heck, half the time my back is turned to the computer when I'm dictating because I have this Bluetooth thing. I'm walking around the office and I'm just, or I'm looking down at the iPad at something I'm responding to. And, you know, for the Mac at Workbook, it was the same thing. I'd have kind of a detailed mind map or an outline, and I would just start talking. And I've got a lot of emails from people saying, I liked your book because it was so conversational. And, and the secret wow. is because I was talking most of the book. So some of that comes out. 
Uh, I'm not sure if that's a good or bad thing, but nevertheless, it's a way to get a lot of text in very quickly. Yeah, they also have another product called Scribe. <clears throat> excuse me. That kind of works hand in hand. Where if you if you don't want to walk around with a Bluetooth headset, you can walk around with like a dictaphone or whatever and dictate into that, and then plug it into your Mac after the fact. You know, you can be driving. Well, maybe not driving in the car, but being driven in the car and doing all kinds of things, dictating away. All right, you guys. You guys have sold me. Uh, I, I'm gonna. I'll give it a spin. And uh, oh boy. Ooh, 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 I think, ooh, Jay Gonzalez. I got to talk to him. I might be able to get an NFR. Oh, nice. If you're listening to Jay Gonzalez, Max Speech, sounds great. Love it. Dragon Dictate. Send him a link for this podcast. You know okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. A, thank you. B, I will report back. And, and C, you better not make me miss my final, 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 final deadline. No, no I say you. I say you like it's your fault. Yeah. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. Because, you know, and the, uh, here's the other thing. I, I've gone and... This sounds so self-involved because it is, but there's things like I did this talk at Rutgers a while back that I really liked. It was this really long, rambling, 90-minute talk that I kind of bombed in the room, but I was really happy with how it turned out just because I ended up saying all this stuff. If you Google like Merlin Man Rutgers, you can find this video. But like, I really like how it turned out because I ended up saying all of this stuff that I didn't realize I wanted to say in the book. It was supposed to be my like shaking big time and attention talk I've done a thousand times. But, but the funny part was, like, I really like how it turned out. And in part, the fact that I was bombing, I never thought about it until this second. The fact that I was kind of bombing in the room made me more, no, I need to really explain this so you get this and you're as scared about this as I am. And I love how it turned out. And you know what I did? I went to... <laughs> you know what that is? Right there, that was a tacit plug for a Tactile Pro 2.0. Yes. Well, there's lots of those on this podcast. Every time, every time you can hear us clacking away, I think we should get um, casting words. This is just is related to what you guys said, just for what it's worth. Um, casting words is a transcription service built on top of um, uh, Mechanical Turk, Amazon Mechanical Turk. And so you could, Andy Bayo has a really neat, uh, you can put this on the show notes, right? We're going <laughs> to try. <laughs> you can dictate it, right? The uh, Andy Bayo had a great uh, thing a while back about how he uh, had stuff transcribed using Mechanical Turk. And Mechanical Turk, if you don't know, and you probably do, your audience, uh, is an Amazon service that lets you take tasks and break them into tiny little pieces that basically lots of people can, you can quote-unquote crowdsource it. Ugh, kill me. But that you do. You, you have lots of people do it. But but the thing is, it's a little bit of a pain because in his case, like he had to broke it up, had to break up these MP3s into pieces. Casting Wars charges a, a premium for taking care of that for you, and they charge an extra premium if you want it super fast. But they're great. One time, they missed a deadline and they gave it to me for free. They really commit to their deadlines. They're they're just they're I don't know if they're still good, but they were great last time I used them. Do you remember when you were a kid? If you got like brothers, sisters, friends, and you got like one piece of cake left. You know, one person slices and the other one picks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, sure I'm a parent that. of two kids. I still do yeah, that. Yeah, we call that you break, I choose. <laughs> That's good. Exactly, exactly. Well, uh, what they do, Casting Words, uh, and I th- I've heard this with lots of stuff involving um, Mechanical Turk, is they hire one group of people or, you know, so essentially they've got a bunch of people and a bunch of people transcribe it. But then they have another bunch of people who check the work of the transcription people, which is, I think, kind of brilliant. And so you end up getting this great thing. So why am I telling you all this? Well, first of all, it's a good thing to know about if you're not going to go out and pop for Max Speech. If you just need your podcast done one time or if you've got something. I, I did it for the Rutgers talk. I've done it for probably three of my talks where I just paid casting words to go and transcribe it for me. And they'll put in timestamps and stuff. It's, it's costly in the aggregate compared to something like Max Speech, but it works great. 
And I, you know, I got to be honest, I got enough out of that that I could drop that into Scrivener, break it up into sections, and it would become, um, I, I, I don't love what I've made out of it yet, but that's not the fault of the service. But you're on to something in general. Anyway, I just want to mention uh, casting words for that because I think they're good. But I think you guys are on to something, though. And yeah. this, again, we talked about this, David, a little bit before the um, recording. It's just, you know, how you decide which of these kind of modalities you're going to choose. And to my interest, we don't have to talk about this now, we can talk about it later, but I'm just really interested in how you know if it's going well or not. And it's something I'm struggling with right now and I'm, as I'm trying to turn all these words I have into a, a final version of a book. You know what I mean? And like uh, the speech thing can be great as long as that doesn't get in the way, as long as it eventually becomes, in my case, a book. You know, mind maps, mind maps are great, but what are you going to do with the mind map? Do you have an expectation? You know, when I interviewed David Allen, I, by the way, I did finally fix the link on that, on 43 folders, that 90-minute uh, interview I did with him. He talks about, he's got, you know, in meetings, he mind maps the whole time in meetings. But then, because he's David Allen, that's all part of a process where then that turns into, obviously, you know, goes into his review and he decides what to do about it. It goes into his inbox, essentially. Yeah. I just think all of that is interesting. Like, I sat there yesterday with a pile of index cards and a Moleskine and three different apps on my Mac, and I was like, what in the F am I doing? Like, I need to, like, pick a place and just go right, like a grown-up. Yeah. I, I think that's, Katie, we talked about this last time with Scrivener. Uh, I think that, and this is, again, nothing in Scrivener. Scrivener 2, oh my God, this is like something from another planet. It's absolutely one of the most mind-blowing apps I've ever used now. But I still, it's just not Scrivener's fault, but I'll still go in and I'll fiddle. Or I'll just feel intimidated. I'll see 115,000 words as the count and go, oh God, 115,000 words that aren't a book. It's like all haystack, no needle, you know? So I don't know. You guys, you guys seem really focused. You guys seem like you don't struggle with these things. But do you, do you struggle with these modality issues? Do you struggle with the fiddling? Absolutely. And Still. You know, but less, you know, I was thinking we have a, a section in the outline, what's changed since last year. I think I've changed since last year because I'm not as interested anymore in finding the 10 different ways to do something on my Mac. And I think it's a question of focus. I've got so many things going on and I've agreed to stuff. All of a sudden I find myself saying no, which I hardly ever did before. And I'm doing less of the fiddling because I found some great workflows and now I'm just trying to, to get, you know, get stuff out the door. But there's a couple of points I wanted to catch up with you on. Um, yeah. on, on, on Dragon Dictate, mm-hmm. the, the key is install it, do the initial training. That'll take you 20 to 30 minutes to finish. And just start dictating and don't worry about it. You know, Like I said, make a big font size, walk across the room and just start talking. And don't worry or obsess about when it makes a mistake or whatever because it's going to make some mistakes. It's, I make mistakes when I type. I don't even look yeah. at this. You know, that's, that's the funny part, David, is that I'm hearing you saying this and I'm already understanding what you're saying and I'm realizing that realizing on an intellectual level in any way that that was my hang-up probably was, oh, that made an error. You know what I mean? In the yeah. same way that, oh, now i got to go tweak my TextMate bundle kind well, of thing. You've got an editor, you know what right? I mean? <laughs> I mean, if you really miss something, they'll catch it. Oh, no, <laughs> no. I think for myself, this would be <laughs> – that's a great way. That's like the kind of development that really relies on QA, you know. Um, well, not that you wouldn't, but, you know, like to find your bugs. But, uh, yeah, I think you're right. And so I'll, I'll try it again because it would help. But the other thing is I can never get away from this. I just do so much better when I just write. Because, you know, that's my thing. That's my hard yeah. thing. That's my good thing. That's my thing. You know what I mean? But I really have to just write. I said this on the, sorry to quote myself, but I said this on um, the show with Dan a few episodes ago that, you know, I get frustrated personally just because I know what a dead end it is for myself when people talk about inspiration. This I need inspiration. I got to get inspired. And it's like, I honestly believe that inspiration has never made anything great 
from anybody who wasn't already making great stuff. I don't think there's that many people who are inspired, quote unquote, to make their first thing. There aren't that, right? there aren't that many people who are going to be inspired, go make one great thing and never make another great thing. Inspiration can get you over the hump, but it's doing the thing that makes you good, let alone great at it. You know what I mean? And for me, I I know this. I know the Don Murray stuff. I know the Natalie Goldberg stuff. I know the Annie Lamont stuff. I know all that stuff. I know it. I teach it. I I believe it. And I still struggle with it every day. I still struggle with it because I know that the writing is what makes the writing. It's not the inspiration that makes the writing. It's the fingers that make the writing. And I'm pretty smart. Like I, I got a degree from a state school. I'm smart, supposedly, right? And yet I have every single freaking day I have to relearn that. Yeah. You know? And I, anyway, I just, I don't, I don't know. I, it's easy for me to sit here and go, well, you guys are, you guys are professionals and grownups, but do you struggle? I mean, like, so David, it sounds like last time when we talked, you said that that's your, I think in your words, you called it your crack. The, you, the, yeah. the, the fiddling and experimenting. But you feel like you do that less now? I, I feel like I do it a lot less. I do too. I do too. I feel like there's that phrase they use, the last mile, right? And I, I don't know. I first heard that with, with regard to, I think it was like cable TV or maybe like uh, fiber, putting out fiber and they would say like, oh, it's easy enough to have like fiber that runs across the U.S. The hard part is the last mile where it actually gets to your house. And for me right now, it's, it's all about the last mile, which in this case, if Carbon Fin Outliner would deal with sinking OPML over Dropbox, as I sit here today, that feels like the last mile for me. That's the last piece of the system right now for me. I have choices on everything else. We have choices on multi-markdown on our iOS devices we did not have a year ago. Yeah, let's talk about that a little yeah. bit. You know, when we talked yeah. about Markdown last year, the um, you know, it was <laughs> kind of like, this is where we lose the ladies, <laughs> I think. No, not no, really. We did a whole I, show on Markdown. Well, you guys have done a lot of shows on Markdown. I just it's one of those things I uh, um, I, well, I should mention this, but I have a pal who, who you know, and uh, he's a hyper uber nerd. He's the guy who's going to write the introduction for my book. I bet you're trying to guess. And he's an awesome, awesome, hilarious, funny guy. And yes. uh, he, but he's never used Markdown. I think I mentioned this to you, David. He's never used Markdown. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, now I'm like that guy where I'm like, you got to watch The Wire guy. I'm like, oh, no, no, you got to, you got to, like, I'm going to send you tutorials. And it's weird. It's another one of those things like Vim or something where it, if you just hear about it, you're going to go, oh, God. But then you use it. God, with the stuff Brett's done with those scripts, I mean, like, yeah. Anyway, yes, we should talk about this. Go. Well, it's interesting because last year we talked about it, and I, I'd been using it to write for my blog for a long time. And you and I kind of just jumped into it, and we didn't really give it any background. And as a result, I got a lot of emails from people asking me more about it, so we ended up doing a show on it. And I think that it's no longer you know, purely in the domain of nerds. I think that what's happened is we've got the iPad. This is kind of my, my pet theory and all this. All of a sudden, people are using multiple operating systems like never before. You know, iOS, Android, Mac, Windows, everybody's using all this stuff. And we're sending text all over the place. And most people write. I mean, no matter what job you have, you're writing at some point. And, you know, people are trying to figure out how to preserve formatting and send stuff around. And it's like Markdown was created for this. You know, I got a chance to talk to John Gruber for a little while at Macworld and... I said, John, I know you know you're this rock star and you have this great website and everything, but the thing that makes me want to bow down before you is Markdown because it makes my life so simple and I use it every day. And I think I'm not alone. I mean, I think it's become a big deal now. I never thought quite about the platform thing and the way you put it, but because I'm a Mac user, right? I've always been a Mac user. 
you know, in my mind, for a long time, this was an insane position. Windows was always at least number two. Believe me, it was. It's always been number two. But, <laughs> but you know, the rest of the world goes, oh, you know, oh, I'm a Windows user that has an iPod or whatever, right? That's that's been the emerging thing. But you're absolutely right. There's so many people who are using what? I guess iTunes for Windows. Is that is that what you use? Is there like an there's iTunes for Windows, right? Yeah. Yeah, but you wouldn't. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, I guess what I'm getting at is like, you're absolutely right. It's a totally platform agnostic thing. I like HTML. It's interesting though, because that becomes like the thin end of the wedge in some ways. I think there's a lot of good and bad ways in which iOS and Apple becomes the thin end of the wedge. Don't get me started on passwords. That's a whole thing. We should talk about that later. But like, there's this whole way in which you go, oh, now I've got an iPod. I'm interested in that. But, you're, so, but there's still people who use Windows only at work. Who knows if they, maybe they got access to Dropbox. That's a really good point. Yeah, but if they've got an iPad and they want to write and they want to right. get it at work. But I, mean, I guess what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm trying to get at, though, is like the iPad pattern writ large is portability. Yeah. Right? I mean, in some ways, it's, it's not iPad per se. I mean, it, it, the iPad might have been, as you say, what sort of brought it to the fore or made it less of a nerd thing. The thing that jumps immediately to mind for me, like people's eyes glaze over when you and I talk about OPML. Like, you're going to go, what is that? That's just another pile of words. Well, there was another XML-based technology that used to just seem, you know, Somebody who's now my pal, Mark Pilgrim, um, you know, used to just, there should be these issues of like him and Weiner and what's this going to be and da, da, da. And now it's like a button in boxy. Like that's yeah. what XML is now. It's, it's stuff you use every day. Yeah. Stuff like, stuff like the, you know, XML and JSON and all of this stuff, all this API stuff we're using now, we don't even think about it anymore. That the whole issue of APIs and Twitter, most people are going to glaze over until they realize if Twitter cuts off this API access in the way it sounds like they're talking about or, or, or creates these rules, like you're not going to have your Twitter app anymore. You thought that was just, that's not a nerd thing. That's like, that's going to change the way you use stuff. Well, I think that might be, I th- I'm just going to postulate pulling this out of my human butt that Markdown 2011 is a little bit like RSS 2003. Oh. Yeah, that makes where, sense. Where there's people who are going, oh, I get it. It's a feed. There's a little orange button and I get these headlines in Net Newswire now. That's kind of cool. Right, but how many people now are using Flipboard? It always weirds me out when I go to the iOS store and I, I look at the number of reviews for an app, and I'm I'm gobsmacked. Like an app that I've used for years and love will have like thirty. You know, sometimes in some cases, what was it? Like Elements had like fewer than fifty reviews, but like Flipboard has like thousands of reviews. There are like thousands and thousands of people using Flipboard, not really thinking about the fact that it's XML that runs that. Yeah, well, that's the grandma app. You know, people who aren't interested in RSS, and but they're just amazed by it. You can trick out Flipboard, though, in a way yeah. I think most people, I'm guessing most people don't know. I mean, that you can get Twitter lists on Flipboard, wow, you're, you're playing on a different level there. And also, I think you can even put your Google uh, RSS feeds into it. Well, no, no, that's the whole point. The whole, yeah. I mean, that's, that's to me yeah. like what Flipboard's for. Yeah. But do you, do you know about that? You know, like you can pull up yeah. like searches and lists. I think lists are the future of Twitter. Well, <laughs> maybe not anymore. But I've said this to Ev, I've said this to Biz, I've said this to anybody who will listen, that if the only way Twitter is actually really going to become usable, again, for me, is to take all the Twitter functionality and put it into lists. So basically, I could have my own little hallway with only the people I want in the rooms. Yeah. That's the only way. I mean, this, but that's not where they're going, obviously. I'm getting a little off topic here. I'm not sure what they're doing. I mean, I'm watching the news and seeing what they're doing to these developers. I, I, they've had, like, they're in, like, their fourth round. I mean, they've got a lot of money that they owe people now. And I think the grown-ups, I think the grown-ups have basically moved in. And there are not that many people there. 
that used to be there. I mean, yeah. I don't, and uh, I think it's, Somebody said this. Oh, you saw that link probably off Gruber's site yesterday about uh, what's at stake, you know, by bull, what they say. Bull, oh, it was a gigaohm thing, I think, on like bulldozing the ecosystem. Yeah, but I mean, that ecosystem's done. Like, they're big, they built Twitter, but now, like the Buddhists leaving the raft behind after they cross the river, I'm not yeah. sure Twitter's going to. And that's a shame because that's now this, this really does become a site for people who are just into Justin Bieber trends. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If, yeah, if, no. if they're forcing those trends down your throat, and there's all these apps now that are just like all about the trends, and it's like, who cares? It's, 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 it's ridiculous. That's like going into a McDonald's and like making me find out two hours for listen for two hours about what other people ordered before I'm even allowed to go to the counter. It's like, well, no, I'm just here to get this thing, you know? The point being, like XML, like, gosh, how many other technologies, like Coco, like BSD. I mean, does anybody think about BSD? How many people using OS X are sitting around going, oh, I use BSD? Right? I'm just saying. It's, it's, it's only nerdy because you don't understand it. <laughs> but, you know, in my case now, I save everything in OPM. I said this last time, too, but I have a folder at the top level of Dropbox. I have one folder because Elements is still kind of tricky about not letting you use other folders. It's called Elements which, that all my text files live in. Yeah. And I have another one. I think it's actually called iThoughts that is just all of my OPML and my Mappy files. Yeah, iThoughts mm-hmm. HD you're talking about? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. But I just kept the old name, iThoughts. But yeah, yeah. now I just drop stuff on there to the point now where like, I save, I've never told Ken this, but now I now save my Omni uh, Outliner documents as OPML. They sure. open up and save fine. But yeah. I just save them as OPML right into that folder. So I can pop them right open in iThoughts. The, the, the real... The real I'm so off track. I'm sorry. But Carbon Fin Outliner, like I say, I don't know. I'm a little worried about where this app is going. It's easily the best outliner on iOS, in my opinion. But it feels, with all respect to somebody who I'm assuming is really busy, it's a great app, but it feels a little stagnant. And Dropbox integration is the last item on the roadmap. And it's like, that to me needs to be, you know, somebody's going to jump in and I'm going to be the first person to go with them if, 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 if they don't do Dropbox integration soon. Because sticking through a website, oof. Do you, do you guys use Carbon Fin Outliner? You know, I have not. Uh, I just started playing with it because we did a show recently on taking notes and I was bemoaning the status of outlining applications on iOS. And several people wrote in and said, you need to spend time with Carbon Fin. So I'm going to. I'll tell you, I'll just tell you two things about it that are, that are fantastic. Well, you use iThoughts, right? right? Yeah. I mean, iThoughts has always been a good app to me, but iThoughts was on a, really had a 10x like, order of magnitude improvement when it added one feature um, in iThoughts. So you're inside of, you probably know this, but we'll share it with the nerds. You're in a uh, box, right? You're in your mind map. You get to the end of what you're typing. So you say like something like, you go book. Yeah. If you go space, 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 if you go space, space, you get a period. Yeah. If you go space, 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 it creates a daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or three returns gets you a, a sibling. Three returns gets you a sibling. Well, in practice on the iPad, whoa, or on the phone, that is so fast. It's so fast. In that similar way, in a CF Outliner, when you're in, so you're outlining, and it has modes. It has, it's kind of like Vim. <laughs> it's got two modes. It's got like a, kind of like a typing mode and an organizing mode. And so if when you're in typing mode, though, this is so great. You're typing along. You're going sibling, 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 using return. Then you hit return. If you hit spacebar, right, at the, after you've created a yeah. new sibling, it turns that into a daughter. Mm. Nice. 
And then if you hit it again, it turns it back into a sibling so fast. That's one. The other feature that's great in Carbon Fin Outliner is you can go into, you know, you know, you do the drill down by hitting the blue arrow, the blue right arrow to drill down on something. If you're in an item in your outline and you hit the blue arrow, you go into the details for that, right? Like what color, notes, da-da-da-da. But there's also a really cool thing where it's got next and previous. It's got save, next, and previous. So you can go in and make a change and hit save, and it'll take you back to the previous item. This is easier to look at than explain. But check this out. You're inside of there, and you're in the detail view for an item. You can also hit next and previous. So say you've got 16 sibling items. You don't have to keep going back to the parent to get to those. You just go next and previous. Yeah. This is so fantastic, and I, I just love it. It goes notes. It, it'll link. You can link to other outlines from inside of there by putting it inside brackets. It's so I basically I have a table of contents outline that points to all my other outlines. So I can like start. This works in. I mean, obviously, this works in. That's an um, I thoughts thing too. But anyway, it's anyway. I'm just saying. Oh, it's yeah. it's great, but it all syncs through a, like a website. You got to go to a website and download the file. It doesn't do anything approaching. The closest thing you can do is go in and open it up and paste in raw OPML, which is pretty janky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, uh, that's, that's the last mile for me is, well, that and not crashing every text app I use on the iOS. But the functional last mile is I do so much thinking and outlining in my maps when I'm just jerking around. To have that all just be in one folder, wow. I, I'm similar to you. I, I'm really digging OPML. And the the portability of it. In fact, I did. Should a we big, explain what that is? Is that too dirty? Yeah, I, I guess I did a big post edit on the site. I'll also link that. But you know, it's basically a universal outlining format. It's something I believe. Once again, it's a Dave Weiner joint, I believe. And to my understanding, it was originally well, it was. I'll just say it was originally most used as a way to get a bunch of uh, feed subscriptions. So, like a list of your RSS feeds from one place to another. And it's a pretty simple XML format. I think it's mostly just, well, I don't want to talk out of term, but it's basically it's a title and notes and then relationships. So basically it's a tree of information, not unlike your bookmarks file, you know, in yeah. Safari or whatever. But what's neat about it is you can, it's, it is a lingua franca for anything that involves, you know, parent-child relationships. Yeah. You know, outlining, mind mapping, and all the best apps on iOS and on the Mac speak it. And, and Scrivener speaks it. So... As an example, I'm, I'm started, I've started a new book and I'm working on it. So I, I did the initial outline in uh, iThoughts HD. You know, just sat down with my iPad and started drawing lines. And then eventually I saved it as OPML to Dropbox because iThoughts HD does that. Opened it up on my Mac and on the outliner and fiddled with it more and, you know, sent it to editors. And, we, you know, we've been talking about it now that we've got it in a final format in OPML I'm going to drop it into Scrivener and create a project with it, and it's going to automatically create all those folders and subfolders and everything. That's mad. That is, isn't that magic when you yeah. do that? Explain that a little more because it is magical when you do that. Yeah. Okay. The the process of importing to Scrivener or just well, the fact that you've got so you got this thing you created in an outliner on yeah. your phone. <laughs> yeah. You I, save it to Dropbox, and now you can open it. You can you could for that matter you could open it in TextMate. Yeah. You know uh, who is it? Uh, what's his head? Uh, Fletcher. You know has these. He created the scripts that will let you save Omni. We talked about this a little bit last time, but yeah. with more people using it, we should explain it again. Fletcher's done a lot of the heavy lifting and moving between these formats. So there's yeah. a, an Omni Focus or uh, Omni Outliner plugin now that will let you save as Markdown. Yeah. And uh, also, there's inside of the TextMate bundle for Fletcher's TextMate bundle for Markdown, there's also a way to go to OPML 
there's there's another one. There's another one called I think it's called Tabs or Tabulate in TextMate, where you can turn just tab delimited text into Omni Outliner. So there's all kinds of ways to move around, but. So you've got your OPML file now, and you want to get in Scrivener. So yeah, like, exactly, and it goes back and forth. I'll I'll work while I'm working on it. I will go back and forth between iThoughts HD and uh, Omni Outliner on the Mac. I'm I'm looking forward to, and I know this is not out yet, but I'm really looking forward to seeing what Omni does with Omni Outliner on the iPad. I suspect it's going to be pretty good. Um, so so I'm working with this OPML file, and I like you, I don't save it as an Omni Outliner file. I save it as OPML, and that way I can open it anywhere. And since it's on Dropbox, I can open it from anything. And it goes back and forth, back and forth. And at some point, I get it to the point where, okay, I'm ready to start writing or dictating. So I'll, um, I'll take that OPML file, and then you open up Scrivener, and you hit the import button, and you click that OPML file. And it's like magic. It really is. It just builds the whole project for you. Just get a little folder. Whatever the name of your file was, there's a folder. And then that hierarchy, that child the parent-child hierarchy is completely represented as documents or groups. Yeah. And it's, it is, it's magic. You know, it is magic. Uh, setting aside my own fiddliness in going, like, where should I do this? That itself, wow, just gold. And I do the same thing with, you know, let's put the legal hat on. If I have a brief, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm working on a case right now. I've got a, somebody had the nerve. Oh, to, you, you and your briefs, David. Yeah, so, you somebody had your, the nerve to write a motion that I was wrong about something. And of course, you know, so, so I took his papers and I looked at them and I, and I sat down with iThoughts HD on my iPad and started outlining what I want to say in response. And same thing I've got, you know, cause I, I think visually, so I find the mind mapping really is, is turning into a good thing for me. So I, I start outlining how I'm going to deal with it and I fiddle, fiddle, fiddle. And I talk about it and, and you know, I sit in my office and pull this apart. And as I'm reading his brief, I'm adding new points. And at some point I get this nice visual representation of what I'm going to do. And once I've gone through that, um, I save that as OPML, and I just go into Scrivener and import that, and my response is, is already outlined. And then I just start typing, you know, and it's great. It, I've become so efficient at this process, and it, I really owe it all to OPML. And that's something new in the last year, because I wasn't really using OPML uh, fully until the last year. And I, I think, once again, this is kind of an iPad thing. I want data portability more than ever. Right. And these open source things like OPML and Markdown are, the, are really uh, the, the stuff that's making it happen. There's a flip side to portability that seems implicit, but I want to call it out because it's, I'm realizing what an issue it is as I crash every iOS <laughs> app I open. But a big part of portability, though, is also, in a modern sense, is not having to think about whether it's syncing correctly. It's yeah. one reason most of us have abandoned, let's be honest. I mean, iDisk, lost, iDisk killed a lot of credibility with MobileMe for me. I just, I've never trusted MobileMe. Uh, on a side note, I did finally go back to using MobileMe for contact syncing because Google's just too goofy right now with the way that it handles companies and stuff. But, but by and large, like, I, I, really, I do trust Dropbox. I don't understand how they're going to scale up, but I trust that they probably will. Somebody will buy them eventually. They'll, somebody will make a big enough offer. But uh, they know they've got a good thing there. <laughs> I think. But, but, that, but you know, I don't have to think about that. That's, that the, the kinks in the system, okay, let's just stipulate, everything we're talking about here sounds fiddly. But the reason this sounds fiddly is because this is a system that is mature and works. All of this stuff we're talking about. I no longer have to think about where this file goes or what I save it as. It's either .txt or .opml, and that's it. That works for pretty much everything. Scrivener, like as with you, Scrivener is a destination for me. It's rare that I do anything that's not EPUB or you know destined for HTML coming out of 
Scrivener just because I, lo- I would lose the synopses and stuff like that. But it's not, it's not semantic inside of what you export. But, but, but the point here is that, yeah, I mean, that's the other part of this portability, though, is you don't have to think about it. Right? It just, it just syncs. You know where it goes. You don't have to think about it. And now you have a platform for building something that's a little smarter and a little more mature. Right? You're actually removing fiddliness. You yeah. know, your fiddliness to me is going like, what, what folder, do, what do I call this folder? And you don't even <laughs> think about it. Right. And with the way I'm doing text files, we should definitely talk about that again. But the way that I, I've come up with the system for how I name text files, that's, we talked about it last year, but it's, I've gotten way further with that. To, I'm something that's really working great for me. Um, where now, I mean, it's really easy for me to make smart folders. It's really easy for me to re- rename things. Coming up with that, I spent like, what, probably two hours total on coming up with that system. But it works. And now it just goes. And I open up Nebulous. I hit plus. I start typing. Text Expander expands it. I type what I need to. I upload it and I'm done. And that's it. We should. It's, it's, yeah. Let's cover Let's that before that. we do. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. B- before we do, uh, just a note on Dropbox. I think that Dropbox is mandatory with an iPad. If you want to be productive on your iPad, you have to have that two gigabyte Dropbox account because it's, yeah. it's the glue that holds everything together. And any, almost every app anymore supports it. Okay, so now let's talk about. Well, I mean, just and, but you're, I agree with you. And I just want to take it a step further. I mean, I, you might remember if you're a nerd like me, I had email in 1993. I mean, I'm not that much of a nerd, but I mean, that was pretty early as the internet email thing went. And for a long time, people were like, "What would you do with that?" Right? But then by 1999, if you met somebody and they said, "I don't have email," you'd go, "Okay, um, that's either you're trying to be clever or you're dim." Like, why would you not have email? That's just kind of weird. And so when I meet people today who've never even heard of Dropbox. It's hard for me not to go into this rhapsodic thing of explaining, you know, just setting aside all this, like, you can build it into a social network kind of stuff. It's just like it's such a no-brainer for anybody who ever has to be more than one place. Yeah. <laughs> it's so obvious to me, you know? Um, the Dropbox thing, uh, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, there's two, let's just finish that one thought. Two things on iOS, I've said this a million times on Twitter and stuff, but if I open up an app and I hate to sound like that guy, but my workflow is mature enough that I can be that guy. If I open up an app, oh, it's this great new text app. They got a special font. It's distraction-free. Great. If I open it up and like that does an A, sync with Dropbox in a totally humane way, or and, and, and B, work with Text Expander, I'm done. It, not, it could be great for somebody else, but that's not for me. Yeah, that's, right? I was mm-hmm. about to predict what you're what you were going to say because that's my litmus <laughs> test. Uh, text expander, this would be a Dropbox. good point for you to it, drop in your text expander plug. Yeah, yeah, uh, but it's true. It though. Have it's those true. two things, you know, move on. Well, I mean, it's like it's like having half a keyboard. It's like I could probably get by, but I would really have to be thinking about it a lot. That's all abstracted workflow. Those, that's all pieces of workflow I don't have to think about. And you know, I apologize if you're hearing this and it sounds like pops and buzzes, but we've talked about this, both of us, all three of us have talked about this in lots of different places. You can find out what Text Expander is. You can find out what all this stuff is. But, um, but, but you know, further to that point, though, think about what we said last time we talked about how we all agreed that it can be, how can I put this nicely? It can be frustrating to use Microsoft Word and Microsoft Office in general. And we talked about lock-in and these apps that, you know, their whole competitive advantage, I mean, really, at some point when you become like a big company, it really does become about lockout. Or excuse me, lock-in. You know what I mean? It really becomes about like how do we make it hard to switch away from this on a lot of levels. It's just Apple just tends to do that in a more humane way, I think, than most people. But think about that. Now, I mean, for myself, what does that mean? That means when I open up an app, and like I've looked at a bunch of mind mapping apps on the Mac, but the decisions are real easy for me because most of them are A, incredibly costly, and 
B, they really want to lock you into a format. I can't believe how many mind mapping apps don't import and export OPML. You know what I mean? A lot of them just want to export it as their dot proprietary thing. So which one do you use? Well, um, I'll tell you. Uh, but, but to finish that one thought, I, I think these companies are going to be in trouble, personally. I mean, yeah, you're gonna, you're, but you're going to stagnate on these. Sure, you might be, get like enterprise licenses, but I think people like us, the nerds, the alpha nerds, and the people, let's be honest, the people who read what we do <laughs> are not going to pick up these apps that lock you in. It's not to yell at the Carbon Fin Outliner guy because his work means a lot to me, but like, seriously, Dropbox. I mean, that's the island. I don't row out to islands anymore. Those islands just become a place that I increasingly discover how much I don't need to be there. It's, it's not something I don't, I'm not going to change my workflow around your island. Like, your island is just going to have to move clo- closer to the land because that's where I live. And that's, that's way really to put how it. I feel. That's really how I feel. What do I use? You know what? There's not a single mind mapping app on the desktop that comes close to iThoughts for me. I own licenses for tons. I bought a license for personal brain, for Christ's sake. I uh, just saw Jerry Mikowski use it, and he's really into it. And I tried it, and I was like, okay, this is a lifestyle. This is the Emacs of this. I would never make anything with this. I would just hear him dick around with it and play, excuse me, <laughs> play around with it all day. Uh, MindNode Pro, eh, eh, eh. it's okay. It's, it's, well, it does import and export to OPML. Yeah, no, it does. It does, and it's cute. It, and, and it's, I think for somebody who wants an all-in-one, I'm sorry, that is very dismissive. If you want an all-in-one simple solution that works between iOS and the desktop, stop there. That's all you need. Yeah, and it's great. not too expensive. It's not, but it's also like, can I just say again the pattern here? How many times have you guys done the thing yet where you touch the menu bar on your Mac and you think it'll take you to the top of the page? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have you done I that? I think it will yeah. in, in you know, Lion. You know what I'm talking about? It's same here. Like I want to hit return three times and have that create a sibling. Well, you know, it's and, inter- and, and you know, I'm just saying. Like it's. I, I mean, I know. Obviously, I just hit return once. But I'm just saying. Like it's. It just feels the desktop is really. It's weird how quickly the desktop has begun to lag iOS on everything, <laughs> almost everything. You know, I think. I think to be honest, our friends at Omni Group, with whom I work, uh, are really getting in front of this. By you're gonna, I think. Well, I suspect you're gonna start seeing more iOS-like things. You know, and as gestures, gestures coming out on iPad, isn't that a thing now? In the developer editions, you could have gestures on iPad now. Yeah. Just saying. I think. I think. I don't know. I think iOS is really pushing the envelope on what people expect out of stuff. What? I mean, Dropbox was big. You know, but iOS made, I think iOS in particular made Dropbox really big. I'm just guessing. Exactly. It's the same thing I feel like, you know, when talking about Markdown and OPML, all of a sudden we need this portability and we need, we need ways to do it. I, I found just about um, mind mapping in general, it always seemed like something that I should do, but never was able to really get into it. And, uh, you know, I'd do it maybe with a pen and paper, but I never was able to really make it happen on my Mac. But for some reason on the iPad, I find mind mapping very intuitive. And maybe it's the iThoughts HD application because um, it, it is a very well done app. But I just, I use it all the time now. If I'm going to write a long letter to somebody, I mind map it first. And mm-hmm. then once I have that mind map done, I, you know, I get it set up just the way I want and I kind of think through everything I'm going to cover then I put on that Bluetooth headset, you know, fire up, drag, and dictate, and mm-hmm. off it goes. I just walk around the office. I, I pace around the office looking down at the mind map on my iThoughts HD on my iPad. And when I'm done, I walk over to my computer, and there's a bunch of text there. 
I, and let me permit me if I may, a brilliant and b let me, let me call out a pattern of of the two things you just described. The second, the um, dictation part, and first, the mind mapping part. And this is really me speaking to myself at this point, but you know, it might be useful to others. Uh, something I've called the art of art. This is really pretentious, but I call it the art of art. When I talk about this time and attention stuff, to me, to get great at anything, to get expertise, and you know, to really just get good at anything, the art of art is learning how to oscillate between your time and attention. In, in, my, in my head, I think of time as being this existential resource for making things, and then attention as being this kind of uh, governor for like, whether you're doing the right things, whether you're getting the right input. But if you just you know, pay attention to things all day, you'll never make stuff. But if you make stuff without getting input, then you won't make great stuff. Do, do you know what I mean? And, and in that instance, I, this is really, like I say, this is directed to me with the, with the dictation stuff. The art of art is knowing when to oscillate. Right. So it, in other words, if you've gathered, you know, like you've checked your inbox and you've got all this stuff and you're talking with people and you're drinking coffee and let's be honest, procrastinating. Well, then you've used your attention a lot. And now it's time for something in your brain to flip. Right. Some bit flips and you go, OK, time to go put my head down and get back to work. You can think about this in a big pattern, little pattern way. But the art there is to go, OK, I have enough information to go make a thing now. Right. And then you go put your head down and you work, you work, you work, you work, you work. And then after you've done a lot of work, you work a bit might flip and go, okay, I'm ha- now having diminishing returns on this. So maybe I just need to take a break. Maybe I need to go to Facebook, right? M- maybe I need to go play a video game or just drink coffee and hang out. But do you see where I'm going with this? I, it's a very reductive model, but I do believe in it. And this is something I think without putting it in these words, it's something Michael Lopp has talked about a lot. Um, you know, it's kind of knowing how to do that. You don't just sit there and like to be a good manager, you can't just sit in your office. You got to get out and talk to people. But then you also got to know when to go back and do this other kind of work, like write a report, do whatever. And in that instance, David, I think your art of art that you've gotten good at is knowing, okay, I've done enough with this mind map, right? A mind map is not a book. A mind map is a way to turn, as we say, cognition to completion. A mind map is a way to take a bunch of random ideas and then structure them, right? As as Jack Hart says in uh, A Writer's Coach, a book that I return to often, writing is really, it's kind of just organized thinking. Right, it's a draft is thinking, but it's the organization that makes it a book or makes it a blog post sometimes, or what have you. Does that, does that make any sense? Like to me, that's 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 the point. And you know, and and I, in the grand scheme of this, if I were to turn this into some kind of a stupid system, which I'm trying not to, it would be time atten- It would be uh, time attention, and then time <laughs> sub two, right? Time away from both. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the Stephen King thing of putting your draft away. But does that, does that resonate at all with you? Because no. you seem to have a pretty good barometer for knowing when you need to say, okay, I'm done with this part. Time to go to the next mode. It is, it's weird because I'm going through this right now. As I'm working on the iPad at Workbook. And I just, last night, I did the big import into Scrivener. And now I've got, you know, 20 or so chapters outlined, essentially. And that's it. You know, the, you know, the ships are burned on the beach and I'm in Scrivener, <laughs> you know. And that's it. So I'm done with it. End of the line, my friend. <laughs> you know, so now, no now, more mind mapping. It's now all I got in front of me, brother, is this keyboard and maybe my microphone, and yeah, I got to start working. Last, welcome to the last year of my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's daunting when you go into Scrivening's, you yeah. know, the number one there. Uh, and I swear to God, I mean, this is not bragging. This is sad. And I look down there, and I see 115,000 of 52,000. Yeah. My target, the book I wanted to, they wanted to be around fifty thousand. I'd like it to be shorter because I want it to be an airplane book you can read. Yeah, you know? but yeah, I got one hundred fifteen thousand words of some form or fashion. A 
lot of it is me talking to myself. But so, may, so maybe you don't need Dragon Dictate at this point. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> you, you just be, need an eraser. Just, yeah, but here's the problem. I mean, my my own. I, I hope, well, luckily my editor doesn't listen to this stuff, but. Um, because this would give her a conniption, but I'm constantly feeling this need to want to not, not precisely start over. But in order to find the kind of the the arc to it, I'm, I do I have to find the right level to think of it at. This goes to the modality stuff in some ways, and it's really a struggle for me right now. Um, I got a final, final, another, another, another extension. Uh, the book's due in a couple months. Um, the final manuscript, but I've got a I've got a really cool deadline I'm excited about, which is April first, which is just they want ten thousand new words that they haven't seen yet. And I'm I haven't told anybody this except my wife. But, <laughs> but what's neat about that one for me is that gives me a chance to not precisely start over. But I made this deal with myself to hand them 10,000 words of a, of a chunk. It's probably not the beginning. Well, it's almost certainly not the beginning. It's probably not going to be the end. But it's 10,000 hot words of where I am right now, which I'm very excited about. Because I can tell you the 115,000 words of whatever is a burden. It's a burden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a you know what I mean? at some point. Well, think of it. It's almost like a, it's almost like having a big house full of Confederate money. You know, it's like, well, that's great, but a, I kind of like to live in that house, and b, I can't. I'm not sure what I'll do with all that useless money. I've got all these words. Some of them are great. Some of them are fantastic. But a lot of times, it's therapy for me. Forgive me, but I mean, it'll be 300 great words in the middle of this thing, and then at either end of this is you know 2,000 words about how much I suck. But I've got to mine all of that. But looking at that and dealing with it, and so then what happens, David, and Katie? Oh, well, I should create a new keyword for this called I like this. Oh, I already have one called I like this? Okay. I should call this I like this 2011-03. Okay. But you know what? I should really have probably I like this colon so then I could do a search because when I want to create the cat when I want to create the um what do they call that? Uh collections. You yes. know, I got to name the keywords a certain way. So then I'm coming up, now I'm coming up with a system. I'm not writing a book anymore. And, and then you catch yourself fixing the icons in Scrivener. And when you do that, that's when I know I've gone off the ledge. A blue book. Yeah, I totally, totally. But you're right. That's the slog. Uh, but gratefully, this is what Scrivener is made for. You know, and the thing is, you can't blame Scrivener, right? Scrivener can do whatever you want. There is no excuse. As Michael Lop, Michael Lop has kind of made fun of their preference, uh, uh, preferences. Uh, window because there's so much granularity. Some of it is almost inscrutable where you're like, when I'm in this split editor and I click here, this should open in the other editor. You know, and it's like, yeah. oh, well, hopefully if you're sane, you tweak that and then leave it alone. But anyway, I'm just saying like, it's, it's, it's really challenging. And the stage you're just getting into now, of course, you've made a beautiful book. I showed it to my wife this morning. I was like, look at this thing. How can this be a Wiley book? It's gorgeous. <laughs> Well, no, I'm saying you, you guys made the best looking Wiley book. You told you outsourced it, right? Yeah, well, basically, we were off the reservation the whole time. I, the the editors and the layout guy, we none of us are Wiley, you know, employees. So we got to do what we wanted, and as long as we don't bug them too much, they kind of let us just do it. And I've got the Isn't same kind of like life, though. Yeah, you know, if you if you just do a thing, and and it's good. <laughs> you get better results rather than waiting for somebody to cut your steak. Oh, yeah, it's kind of like a startup inside Wiley kind of feeling you know we just we're just doing our thing and and we're not bugging them and yeah like sparks sparks incubator yeah (laughs) that's great though well i i think i agree with you a lot at scrivener for instance i i don't use any of the stuff like you mark it as draft or mark it as final or whatever i just type you know and i love Mm -hmm. the way i can jump around like i've got this big book in front of me i've got all these outline points i don't feel i'm working right now on the uh, the word processing chapter 
I'm tired about writing about text editors and Markdown. I'll just jump up to the presentation chapter and talk, talk about this app that I really love. And you can save that. And you can save that. It's what's great. You can yeah. save that layout. You can save that. It, it can be fiddly, but I'll tell you, at the point when I was trying to really close this up last time, that was just essential for me. I was, I was to be honest, I was built, I've built my structure very much on this book called Beyond Bullet Points that I've mentioned before. Just kind of this book about storytelling using presentations. And there's a model, Cliff Atkinson wrote this book, and uh, it's kind of based on this whatever Aristotelian, Joseph Campbell-y idea of how to tell a story. And I really, it's a really, anyway, you can look it up. It's a great way to improve your slides. Even though he kind of ruined it in the 2007 edition with all this Microsoft crap. Don't get me started. But it's a great book. It's a really great book, especially the 2003 edition. But it's great. It's like, well, so where are we? What is happening? Uh, who is the protagonist? What is the chat? Like, what is this? What is yeah. the, uh, you know, it's, it's a really, and so I built it around that, which was perfectly suited for Scrivener. So I have folders for Act 1, 2, and 3. You've used, you read this book? Do you know the book? No, but I'm going to. Oh, it's pretty neat. Oh, so just capture this the two books that change your presentations um from a from a figuring out like how to tell a story and what to think about standpoint beyond bullet points uh for putting on a good show uh presentation zen yeah i've read that book oh it's fantastic yeah. and it'd be partly because it says it's not about the slides yeah because it's genius car, car reynolds great um so i have a big folder called act one act two and act three right three folders inside of there then i have a folder for each of the major sections you know setting protagonist and so forth um, and then inside each of those, I have gr- groups, file groups for each of the sections. But I was able to go in and, for example, this actually is a bit of taxonomic fun, was I did, I did use labels. So I made I, – the letter X appears a lot in my stuff because it makes a good nonce word. We should talk about this with text file naming. But S-E-C-X <laughs> looks like sex, but S-E-C-X would be like a section. Yeah. So that way I can search and not just find the word section. That's a nonce. So that way I could create a collection called that says look for anything whose label is includes S-E-C-X. Only you. You're the only person in the entire universe will appreciate this data because it's so nerdy. But I could do a search for S-E-C-X and find any section that's a section. But I also have a label called card-S-E-C-X where it would only find those major acts and scenes. So that, I hit that, boom, I have a save setting for multi-markdown outline where again, and the way you can tweak out all of this stuff in compile mode in a Scrivener is just it's it, it's irreplaceable. It's yeah. irreplaceable to not have to repeat this work every time. So anyway, with all those settings that way and those saved uh, collections, I can just spit that out into an outline anytime it suits me. Just print out the heads and the synopses for each one of these, and I can send that to people and say, "What do you think of this?" Which I I need to do that with you. Did I commit to doing that with you? Yeah, we're I got to do that. But uh, anyway. Uh, but, but, but this is it. We've gotten to the crux. This is the Scylla and Charybdis. How, how do you know when you're just spending too much time dicking around with a fantastic application versus making the words that make that application useful? That's, that's the challenge for me. Well, on Scrivener, um, I, I don't find, even though there are great ways to compile drafts out, I only find that that's when I'm going to the very end. You know, when I've got something to the point where hmm. I'm sending it to the editor, I, I, I pretty much stay there after the outline's in there because I find bringing stuff back in isn't really that easy when you've already got a big outline built and everything. I mean, you can bring little mm-hmm. bits of text in, but... I don't like losing those synopses. That's the thing. Yeah. I really love the synopses. Well, if you go to kungfugrip.com, this will not be true when this podcast goes out. But the most recent entry, you'll see, if uh, you know, my site, uh, G-R-I-P-P-E, Kung Fu Grip. You can, you can see where I output from Scrivener to EPUB. Yeah. It makes it so easy to put on EPUB, and that way I can read a draft right on my phone. Yeah. And, and you know, I could do it as HTML, but HTML is kind of hard to read. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
Anyway, uh, I, that makes that, sense. But I'm saying just like for outline adjustments and like structure adjustments. Oh, you're, I'm sorry. Tweaking, doing major tweaks to the text. Like, because you're adding a step then, right? You're saying like, why would I want to go like work on a text file of that if I just have to bring it right back into Scrivener? No, no, I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is like you were talking about how you can use these keywords to put an OPML file out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that OPML file is only for consumption. It's not going to be adjusted and sent back. Sm- I think that's actually pretty smart. I've s- I said that on the last show, uh, last time we talked. But I-, I think that is a smart pattern. Um, is you know another way to put this is just because it has simple note. I'm, this is to me addressed to me as well. Just because it has a simple note integration, just because you can sync with a folder, doesn't mean you should. For me, I have clobbered files sometimes. Through no fault of Scrivener, just some Dropbox madness. I've accidentally clobbered stuff. Luckily, it does back up every time. But also, it's like you know, maybe maybe that's a signal to me that I'm not ready for that to be in Scrivener yet. You know yeah. what I mean? Scrivener is really it can be the place to do all of this. People love it for the it has a really nice full screen mode that I use. But yeah, it's funny. I do better writing in TextMate. But you know what it is, David? And here's the the anti pattern again: is I want to have that on my phone. Do you know what I mean? I should just think of it as okay. I'm going to pop this open in Nebulous, and that'll just end up here eventually. You know, if I write like an adult. But it's this covering the waterfront thing that kills me. That's where I end up screwing myself up because then I want to tweak the system so that it'll account for all that stuff. Once the system's tweaked, it's great. Do you know what I mean? Though, and that I, to me is I've got to stop myself. Merlin, I totally get you. I you know because I thought when I got this iPad, I want my Scrivener projects on my iPad at all times so I can work and I can use the index card. Use the index card app. Exactly. Well, I looked at all this. <laughs> In fact, I'm, I was so manic about it. I was emailing Keith. The Keith is the developer yep. of Scrivener, and I said, Keith, um, you know, you live in the UK. You can't get an iPad for several months, and I really want you to have one. So. Uh, if you if you want one, you know, send me the money. I'll go buy it and I will mail it to you. And so on you know, the launch day of the iPad, I bought one for myself and one for the Scrivener oh, developer. Nice. <laughs> you know, so I'm mailing who, it. Who out we to- should mention? Who we should mention is a, a a wonderfully sane guy who does not just add features willy nilly. Like no, he's very circumspect about what he adds to this because he's a very practical novelist, right? Exactly. So I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to get this to Keith and he's going to see it. And, and I, I'm the one who told him, Keith, you got to check out Simple Note because, you know, they've got an API. And I think I'd like to take credit. Maybe I'm not. But oh, anyway. cool. That was you, huh? So I'm telling yeah. him, you know, you got to get this, this in. So he started playing with these various pieces. And ultimately, I don't think they really are, are have big plans for a Scrivener iPad app. And and when he implemented Simple Note, I was thinking this is going to be awesome. I'm going to have all my stuff synced, and I'm going to be able to proofread on my iPad. Blah blah blah. What, and here I am a year later. This is what I'm doing. I don't sync anything out of Scrivener to Simple Note. I I write on my iPad all the time. I write new stuff on my iPad. So you know, in my head, I know That's I'm good. healthy. That is healthy. I mean, I know I'm going to do a chapter in this new book on on what, using the web. And if I'm sitting somewhere and I want to write and I just have my iPad, I'll start writing that stuff. And then it'll eventually get it. And, you know, I'll get it back into Scrivener when it's ready to go into Scrivener. But once it goes into Scrivener, it stays there. And I do the proofreading on on the Mac. And I, you know, and I, I do uh, export EPUB files or PDF files mm-hmm. uh, and different things where I can do some proofreading that way. But generally, you know... You know the the real writing meat gets done on the Mac at some point. You know I, I write the initial text on an iPad, or I, I'll write it on an iPhone. I'll write it on anything. I'll write it on a napkin. But <laughs> eventually, the stuff is going to get into Scrivener, and I'm not going to fiddle with trying to get those things synced across. And I don't think it's that difficult. I've used it before, and it works. And I've never had it drop data for me. But at some point, I just decided enough is enough. I'm going to do you know all that stuff in Scrivener on my Mac. 
is it fair to summarize it this way or is, is this too reductive? Because this would be helpful if it was this simple, if it were this simple. Uh, there, are, there, are, there are three, what? Don Murray would, would have an interesting thing to say about this, the Venn diagram, what this looks like. But when you're writing, there's, there's, we, I, I, I would think of it as drafting, editing, and reading, even though reading is common to both of those. Yeah. But is it fair to say that writing and reading are perfectly acceptable things to do on a device, but editing is peculiarly suited to being on a desktop? Yeah. Because it sounds like, I mean, and really for reasons of our clicky keyboards, but also for reasons of like, boy, you really open up a Pandora's box. I mean, I, I spend a lot of time just backing things up because I'm worried about clobbering and, oh, you know, I start getting really, oh, my precious, my precious, I don't want anything to happen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I wonder if that's one approach is to say this is great for writing, whatever. I'm curious to know what you use for a text app. But you uh, use, use a text app, you do your thing, it sits there like an adult, then you bring it somewhere when it needs to go in somewhere. You can read it in your EPUB or whatever, but doing substantial edits you do back either in, say, TextMate or Scrivener. Yeah, and, and I don't play much with TextMate. I do it all in Scrivener. It's got a full screen mode, and I'm good to go. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Writing Markdown I like to do in TextMate because they've got some great bundles. I still do a lot of Markdown. I guess I, yeah. I got I to work more. We should come back to Brett's uh, services because I need to get those better integrated. I got clobbered. Um, I got uh, keyboard things that don't match up. You know, you know what I'm yeah. talking about? Like where you can have one. Anyway. All right, this may be a good time to take a quick break, and let's talk about our first sponsor, Smile Software. Now, David, I know you use Smile Software, particularly PDF Pen, quite a bit in your legal practice, and I've been using it more and more, the pro version of PDF Pen, uh, to create forms. Um, I've been doing a... um, uh, a lot of the same type of tasks over and over again, and I've been creating a lot of forms and a lot of checklists for some of my support staff uh, so that when we get the same type of files in over and over again, they can plug in the pertinent data and then at a glance I've got a, a, a PDF you know, that they can fill out inside you know, one of the top sheets in my file uh, with all the relevant information about the file. I found that I was taking the same information over and over and over again, and I figured, you know, just kind of like how I use Text Expander to create snippets all the time, instead of typing the same information all over again, do it once, turn it into a form with PDF pen, and then I can let my staff fill it out as soon as a new file comes in on the desk, and then I've always got it, as long as that file's still going on, and we can add more information as we get it, and I leave fields for notes and things like that. Uh, and it seemed to have worked really well in kind of streamlining my practice. Yeah, and they can they can open that up on PCs or any kind of uh, PDF reader, correct? Right, because it, it is just a PDF. And one of the things that I'm actually experimenting it with is because we have a couple of clients who send us a lot of the same types of files, uh, is actually sending that PDF out to the client and say, hey, when you send us all the information that we regularly ask for in our file, fill out this PDF, here's a checklist so you can make sure that you've sent us everything we need to do this file, uh, send us the PDF along with all of your documents, and then that's less work my staff has to do. And a lot of less time we have to spend tracking down all of this information and making sure that the client sent us all the documents that we need. Smart. Yeah. Also with the pro version, you get those bookmarks. And I love me those bookmarks. Yeah. yeah. So you can buy the regular version of PDF Pen, which does all the great things like dropping in the signatures and redacting text and, and streamlining your PDFs and organizing your files for fifty nine ninety five. Or you can get the pro version, which will allow you to do the, some of the extras like creating those PDF forms for ninety nine ninety five. Either way, it's a great deal. They have a 90-day money-back guarantee. 
You can pick that up at smilesoftware.com or on the App Store. All right, Merlin, I want to change the topic just a little bit, still staying on the writing track, but I want to talk to you a little bit about the iPad because the last time we had you on the show, the iPad didn't exist. And I'm wondering, how has your writing workflow changed with the iPad in terms of working on your book and doing what we would consider, you know, more serious or more long form writing? Um, are you doing any of that out and about on your iPad or is it all still, you know, sitting back at your Mac or on a laptop, on a desktop with your tactile pro keyboard or how is that all working out? Oh God, constantly. I, t- oh yeah, I'm mm, on my iPhone way more than my iPad or increasingly. And I, I had a note, a note to mention this is you keep talking about the iPad. I barely touch my iPad since I got a MacBook Air. I mean, I just take that, that thing is, I love it. And to talk about my precious, oh my God, I just love that thing. I, I, I think partly because of you. I think you were one of the folks that made me, did you write a thing when you first, did you first, did you yeah. get a MacBook Air? Yeah, it was you and who else? It was a couple Gross. people, probably, yeah. Part? Could be. And I really, I, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to give this a throw. It's the last thing in the world that I need. It's so stupid. I shouldn't spend this money. But I, I got like the, the nicest one I could get, basically. Yeah. And I was like, I'll, and it was. Did you got 13 inch or 11? No, I got the nicest one I could get. I yeah, got the most got, everything. Yeah, he got what we got. Yeah. yeah, and it's the fastest Mac I have ever used. Mm-hmm. It's fast and it's, it just goes. It's everything else. My Mac Pro I'm sitting at right now just feels like, a, like an anchor compared to that thing. And the typing, wow, I'm just, I, well, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm fastest on a desktop with a keyboard. I'm probably second fastest on an iPhone. Or I'm sorry, I should say I'm I'm also almost as fast on you know a laptop. Yeah, your pardon, seltzer. Uh, I'm definitely least fastest on an iPad, and I think too much on the iPad. It feels like I'm typing on a screen to me. So I, I very seldom type anything of any length on the iPad, which is weird because the apps are so superior. I mean, I, I rag on that uh, what is that that goofy app writer or whatever but it's, it's a beautiful app it's an extraordinarily beautiful app and very well it's the more the marketing that i have problems with but it's a beautiful app to use uh nebulous on the ipad my god it's so great to use um yeah, note see now dr drang's got me using note i'm if i can get note to finish any of these syncs i'm probably going to go with note mostly uh, um, justin i love you i'm, I'm going to give elements another try <laughs> but these are all great apps how awesome is it that like we don't have to ha- use one of these apps we can use all these apps and it's seamless it, it's, a, it's amazing the ones that have the dropbox integration and the ones that have text expander and uh the problem i have with the writer app is it doesn't have text expander at least the last time i checked and i'm like well sorry you know i'm out does it sync like a also does it let you pick the folder or does it Am I remembering? I guess it maybe it lets you. I don't remember. Nebulous Notes does that. Oh, Nebulous Notes is just yeah. Oh my God, Nebulous! And, it's amazing. And to I answer just, your earlier question, that's the one I use. I, I okay. like a nice Unis. Oh, you! Well, I told oh. you about that. And then you had the post about the macros. So yeah, you, know, you you hooked me on it. That one isn't actually it insane. The one with you know, the one for me is uh, the, a bullet. I have a bullet and then a second level bullet. I just use that constantly. So it's basically uh, I hit I hit a button and I get well. So I assume I've started with a bullet, but. Basically, it's uh, carriage return, asterisk, uh, four spaces. You know what I mean? So create a new bullet under yeah. this. And then yeah. a secondary one under that that has eight spaces. So, I mean, that's how I outline on, you know, if I'm in a text file. And it's so fast. Yeah, and people, so people listening, uh, Nebulous Notes, to my knowledge, is the only uh, app on the iPad that allows you, and it's on the iPhone as well, that allows you to sync with Dropbox, and it has macros built in top line keyboard. So the keyboard has a top line on, it, and you can and, build. and offline offline file creation. 
uh, it's a little jankily implemented how it works with the syncing and stuff, but well, into my mind. But I mean, Notesy and Nebulous are the only two I know. Well, does Elements let you create? I mean, Nebulous is just you create files so fast in Nebulous. It's yeah. crazy fast. And you can create those files in your Dropbox folder or your Simple Note folder on your Dropbox, and then they show up in Notational Velocity. It's just, when it's like a Mac, basically, when yeah. you're ready to, up, you do have to manually upload it, which is fine with me. But then it'll remember the last place you were, which in my case is usually slash elements. Uh, but it basically is like a Mac in the sense that if you hit upload, <laughs> and it's just like being in a dialog box. You just go pick what, where in Dropbox you want it to go. So, for example, as when I, when I do sync with Scrivener, which I don't do all that much unless that's kind of the mode I'm in, I have a subfolder inside of Elements that Elements doesn't see. Plain, well, I guess Plain Text can see it, but it doesn't. You know, in other words, it doesn't show up because it doesn't show folders. But it syncs like it normally would, so it's in the right place on my Mac. This is going to sound like totally exotic to people who don't know what we're talking about, but. Uh, oh, I love it. I, I, I love those apps. And I love that, I don't want to say competition, but I love the fact that people are saying, oh, I can do that and I can do that better. Justin actually had a great post about this on his site, talking about how there's this constant pull to want to go and like, oh, I, don't, I, I like these three apps, but I know I could do better. And he has a really, the stuff we care about, I don't want to say 43 folders, yes, but like this pro- approach of going like, well, how do I know? Like, I don't want to just respond every time I think I can do better than this. This time is so precious. But I, I, which I think is kind of nice to hear. It's not just a person throwing their hat in the ring to make just another, you know, text editor. Yeah. Elements is great. I mean, I, I break these apps. Let's be clear. I break these because I've just got too many text files. Notational velocity has ruined me because now I create one-line text files, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of one-line text files because it works great. I mean, it just makes it easier to find things. I also use an app called Tags. I'm usually not a huge tags guy, but have you used tags on uh, the desktop? You need to listen to our last yeah, episode. Yeah, we talked about it last episode. Yeah, the um, I no, I'm sorry, the, the episode with Brett that just went out. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, it's it's, but that that uh, core, what is it called? What is the the standard that's based on? Yeah, the the open source tagging format. We talked at some length about open and meta. It's, okay. Yeah, open meta. Yeah. And it's like I said, uh, I've got that on my huff duffer. I just haven't listened to it. I know. No worry. I'm just giving you a hard time. But the. Uh, but I, I like you, have not been a big tagging person for a long time, and and Brett made a really good case for it, and I'm going to start playing with tags. Well, you know, can I just say who your lady friend is that makes this good is Hazel. Yeah. So all I mean, I'm sure Brett mentioned this because he's a Hazel nerd too, right? Yeah. But but you could have it like in my case, like I've talked about this before, but like the way I name my files now, if I have a running file, it starts with R U N X, run X, because there'll never be a word called run X. This is sort of like my cue trick from last time. Yeah. But. What are some examples of this? Run X, Blog X, Work X. There's a bunch of these that essentially function as keywords for me. So, But if I wanted to, I mean, it's easy enough because it's in the title. But if I chose to, I could have Hazel watch that. I mean, to be honest, the one Hazel thing I've really been thinking about doing lately is I've seen people do things where you can use Hazel to like make files turn a different color as they get older. And so I've been thinking about doing a Hazel that would essentially do something like if this file was created more than N days ago and hasn't been opened in this many days and is over this amount of kilobytes, yeah, like make that red and ask me if I want to delete it because it's becoming a drag on my, on my syncing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the tagging stuff makes that really easy too because if it's an RUNX, if it's a running file, I'm less likely to want to throw it away. Whereas if it's KFGX, which means it's a Kung Fu Grip post, I'm much more likely to be willing to delete it because I've already written it in top. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think this, so. The, the inclusion of the X is a way to make sure that when you do the search, it doesn't capture. Yeah, KFG I used to name it else. exactly. I used to name like, for example, 
like I mentioned this last time, like I would have one like the most, most frequently begin with work. You know, this is work stuff. So I would go work, you know, David, email, SD8, yeah. short date or whatever. But now work X, well, that's great. Because now, I mean, because stuff like Note C and Notational Velocity don't just search the title field. They search the entire document, which can be really overwhelming. So now if I search for work X, it's only going to find things that I've sort of, if you like, <laughs> there are not enough air quotes for this, tagged as a work file. It's, <laughs> you know, nonce, I found out, means a different thing in England. <laughs> that means that means like a somebody who likes kids, but it, but in the U.S. it means it's a one-off, right? Yeah. It's something it's a it's a black swan, right? You're never going to see that uh, again. Um, and so, gosh, I've got a ton of these. Um, well, you know, that makes a lot of sense because the way I do it is I use a colon, so I'll say hmm. you know like law colon or ms colon for Max Barkey, and the inclusion of the colon at the end is supposed to work, but it doesn't always work because. There's colons and other pieces of text, and sometimes and all the the Dr. Drangs out there are going to warn you that that's going to collide with Unix at some point, probably. Yeah, because that means in the terminal, that means you're, as you know, that means you're about to say another command in a line. So, so when you're naming these text files, so yep. give me a sample name now that you're using. To s- okay, um, so I, I will say these in the following format: what letters plus X pronounced as so refx right is R E F X. RefX, reference file. TempX, a template. Okay, but just stop there. So RefX, yep. and then are you going to put a description after that? Oh, sure. Let okay, me so, so, what, so will you Let's use... Let's go to RefX, and I'm in tech, uh, right now I'm in Pathfinder, so it's easy to search by string inside of a folder. Uh, so well, that's a great one. RefX, uh, Scrivener tags, right? So if I search for RefX and Scrivener, it's going to bring up everything... It's a Scrivener reference file. Like I don't, I don't even want to have to look on the web for this. If I'm offline, if I'm in a tunnel somewhere, and I want to see what the template, uh, you know, the what do you call it, the variables, I could pull that up. A great one I've got. Refx said. Um, actually, let me do Refx handy. Okay, but I'm going to just drill go, on it for a go, minute. Go. So, so it would say, for instance, Refx space Scrivener tags. Oh, sorry. Yes. So here's some examples. Refx, heap, CRM, email help. So that's all of the commands I would need to know for using my CRM, heap, CRM, refx, heap. Uh, Refx, MLA, Twitter citations. (laughs) It shows you how to cite a a toot for MLA stuff. Refx, pandoc commands. For, you know, I use Pandoc. I haven't installed it on my new box, but um, just uh, reference. Anything that's a reference file. This is very much a David Allen kind of thing, right? I don't have file cabinets. I have refx. And most of it's text. Of all of it's oh, text. No, no, everything I'm saying here, this is all yeah. text. This is, yeah. Everybody's like, I don't understand. Why do you have 2,000 text files? It's like, because I don't need anything else. No, I'm, right? I'm kind of the same way. But now, uh, now, are you saving that in your elements file in your Dropbox? Yep, yep, yep. runx, fives. So anytime I come up running, that's a running file. Runx is any kind of a, like you would use back in the day, append to file in uh, Quicksilver. Anything where I've got a running file where I just want to add lines. And I do that now with launch, launch bar. It's very easy. Um, runx. Go I'm going to stop you a minute again. Uh, Keep stopping me. All right, you so know what it is? I've been procrastinating. I, I, I really have to go to the bathroom, so, so I'm probably being impatient. <laughs> we should can we take, just a, take a break. Take a break? You want to take a break while you guys do your sponsor? Yeah. All right. Anyway, I'll be right back. All right. All right, David. Uh, while we wait for Merlin to come back, why don't we take this opportunity to talk about our second sponsor, 1Password? Uh, you know, Katie, uh, we just had the, the time change, right? We did have it. I, I lost my hour of sleep. Yeah. Well, that also means something important. You remember? Time to change those passwords. 
exactly. Every time you change your clocks, go change your major passwords. You know, change your Dropbox, your uh, bank password. Uh, that, that's kind of my rule of thumb, and it works great for me. And it's really easy because I use one password. You know, one password sets your passwords in all your various browsers and applications. Uh, it's not difficult to make changes, and it's not difficult to use really secure passwords. I just read an article recently on the internet about how smart these computers that sniff passwords out are getting about, you know, ripping through the English dictionary or foreign language dictionaries. And, uh, you know, any more, you know, pencil just won't cut it. Uh, and one password makes it just really easy to put in proper passwords that are, are truly difficult to crack. And it makes it really easy to use them throughout all your Macs and PCs. Uh, so go over to onepassword.com and check them out. They have a Mac version for forty dollars, or you can get a family license for five users. So you can get your whole family doing it for seventy dollars. And uh, I've been teaching my kids password habits. I mean, I've got a fourteen-year-old now, so she's starting to sign up for web services and stuff. And I want her to get the right habits. And uh, they have the iOS hybrid version for fifteen dollars. It gets you on both your iPad and your iPhone, or you can get on either one for ten dollars. And now they have a Windows version too. So. There's really no excuse to have great passwords. So go over to onepassword.com and check it out. Okay, we've got Merlin back with us now. Um, you know, Merlin, I'm just noticing that you're talking a lot about keeping all of these text files uh, inside your elements folder inside the Dropbox. But the last time you were here, you were talking an awful lot about SimpleNote, which I know that David was a big fan of. So I, I'm just curious, are, have you transitioned over to elements? Or are you not using uh, SimpleNote anymore? Or what's kind of going on there? No, you're not. That was the first app I broke. No. Oh. Okay. Well, you know, I've got a lot of email from people. I'll, I'll try it again. I'll, I'll, I'll try. Here's the problem. I'll try all of these again. I love you guys. You're all wonderful. But the thing is, I open it up. I hit a button. I showed you this. Did I not show you this at Macworld? Where I hit a, I hit a letter, and it hangs for six seconds because it's crunching 2,400 text files. Which okay. is that's just what makes me a corner case. I'm not going to change the way I work because somebody's nice who <laughs> makes app. It's really frustrating that like I'm I am an edge case, but I've come up with a system that works and now, you know, it's no, just frustrating. The, the, Simple note for me just became like, oh god, it was way too much overhead. And well, they this, really want it to be about that web app and I I don't have any use for it. Well, this is interesting because I've had several people email me with the same thoughts saying, "Look, you know, now that you know we have Dropbox and all these text apps, why are you Still using SimpleNote. Now I have seven hundred notes, so I don't have as big of a database as you. And That's I still a lot. That's a lot. But I mean, you don't have you don't have any problems. You don't uh, it seems any... to work okay for me. Um, That's awesome. The uh, a lot of them are very short. Some of them are very long. But so I've got so I've still been using it. And the reason I I say I, I still use SimpleNote is I love the notational velocity on my Mac. I love the way I can search all of it at once. I use that. I just use it with Dropbox instead. Yeah. So what you're doing is you're having a notational. I'm sorry, notational velocity. Look at the Dropbox folder. On mm-hmm. your um, that has the elements notes in it. I stay I stay with Simple Note because the app worked great on my iPhone, with the exception of losing twenty minutes of writing one time when I wanted to kill them. Uh, that was probably just a fluke, but uh, it was twenty really good minutes of writing. Yeah. that made me a little nervous. But then uh, it's just Simple Note kept not working with Dropbox, and finally, it, like I think is going to happen with Outliner, somebody else did it better, and it, and so in that case it was Justin. And so I, uh, I did Elements, and Elements work great. And it's only recently, and I actually I have an unread email from him. I think he's working on this. But I, I, I suspect I might return to Elements because it's pretty perfect for what I want. I really do like Notesy. Again, though, I create a lot. And listen, let me just say, one reason this could be a problem, this could be because I'm using all these apps. I can't imagine why that would be. I don't think it's causing unnecessary updates. But the Simple Note thing, I don't know. It, 
mm, it just it wasn't happening. But then they added that thing now where you can share by email address and under a tag, and it's so clever. I if I could, if this could all work together and seamlessly, it would be great. But I'll tell you, I really learned a lesson when I was in New Zealand. All this stuff feels free here, but like having to resync all of my files four times in a day because somebody's app screwed up, like that'll cost me fifty bucks in another country. Yeah. And it's made me much more aware that this stuff all should have a cost associated with it. That if it's if it's really just lost data, well, that sucks. But you know, whatever. I've got backups. But you know, I spent six hundred dollars on data for when I was in New Zealand for Ouch. two weeks. Yeah, that, and that's. Can I just be clear here? That is with Dropbox turned off. That is with not watching YouTube. That's yeah. what it costs everywhere. For everybody, when everybody's touting the cloud, well, be aware that the cloud will put you out of business in pretty, pretty much anywhere but the U.S. and maybe what, like Korea. I mean, it's or no, what's the country that's got all the crazy high speed? Is that is that in uh, South Korea? South, South Korea. Yeah. But don't they have like insane? Like you can get like a like a T three for five dollars a month or something. But yeah, but I, that's just if saying, you live there, not if you're visiting. Oh, I know, I know. But I'm just saying, like, I, it's, I, there's, there's a number of things that have happened that have involved performance issues, data loss, and an increasing awareness of, and really, to be honest, looking at other people just losing data by trusting these services, it's made me really picky. I have, I have, I have the life that I have because I've made a lot of weird decisions and they've worked out well. And I, I don't tend to chase after new stuff until it's been shown that it can be a good thing or it's just shown that it won't, you know, it's like Hippocrates, right? First, do no harm. First, like, show me this is not going to break my thing. And as soon as it breaks my thing, I'm really reluctant. That, that gets me looking, right? I very seldom move all of my stuff anywhere. And I used to think in the past few months that I could do that with Dropbox integration, but I'm getting, I'm getting skitsy about that as well. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure my point. I mean, I love, I love all these apps. I mean, I don't want to sound disparaging. It's, it, I'm only... How does, do I not show a, 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 an atomic enough knowledge of all these apps to show that I use and love all of them? It's just that they're all good and crappy at different things. Nebulous is fantastic for creating and editing files. It's awful at having to open one. If you've got 2,000 files that are only sorts by alphabetical, well, that sucks, right? Yeah. Writer. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful, gorgeous app that feels a little bit like it's made out of, uh, I don't know, like ceramics and like it would, <laughs> it just doesn't feel sturdy to me. Uh, simple note, full of fantastic useful functionality. The tags, all that stuff is great. But then all of a sudden the version that's on the web does not match the version that's in Dropbox because it's like a half hour difference in sync. You see where I'm going with this? Elements, great. Except I think I demoed this for you at Macro. I know I showed Brad. I hit a, I've told Justin this. I hit a button and it's four to six seconds. The button hangs. Well, it's trying to chunk on, it's paging out basically on, on all of these files. Every one of these has ups and downs. They're, they're good and bad. I can go between these different apps, but as somebody who thinks about this stuff for a living, I don't think that's optimal. Yeah. Do you know and, what I mean? And I, I'm having the same issue. Uh, my problem with Simple Note is I just don't like writing in it. I don't like that little font with everything jammed together and I can't seem to get it to look right. I mean, I, I Have you looked at Notesy? Have you tried Notesy? No, I'm going to give that one a shot. They, Read Dr. Drang's post, uh, you know, leancrew.com. Yeah. Uh, he's got a great post about it from the other day because he did a fan, you should definitely link to this. He did a fantastic post comparing features, costs, so forth, of all of the major iOS text editor apps. Fantastic. And then his addendum to that was he's like, oh, so many people wrote me about this Notesy app. And he's DM'd me a couple times about this. And I, I took a look at it. And I, I love Notesy. Here's one for you, David. Um, you get to pick whether your default is variable or fixed width. So do you want this to always be in, say, Anonymous or, you know, um, uh, Menlo? Yeah. 
Mono, or do you want it to be in Georgia Helvetica? Yeah. And then you can switch. And you can say, for fixed-width files, I want it to use this kind of font at this size. Are you getting this? Oh, this I like that. so awesome. Yeah. So sexy. And, you know, as Dr. Drang has pointed out, at tedious length, which is why I love him, there is a difference between a true monospaced font, presenting a true monospaced font versus not. And these do that. It's great. It's got a little bit of the nebulous thing where you can pick the backgrounds and the colors, but it's not over fiddly. It doesn't have themes, per se. Yeah. Um, but it is, it is, it's so great and so fast. And, and are you ready for this one? Note C, if you've got JPEGs or PDFs in your folder, you can still like it'll like sh- you can still see them in there. It will let you look at it if it can handle it. But oh, anyway, you should just check it out. Notesy is it's definitely a contender. It's definitely a contender. I'll tell you if Nebulous would add uh, sort by date modified and truly sync all of that offline, that it would be, that would be tough to beat for me. Because it's the, the macros macro. that keep me coming back to. Well, it. did you get that in the latest edition? If you click on the title bar, you can go straight into Markdown Preview. Yeah, that's I mean, come on. You know, maybe uh, if the guy listens, I, I haven't met the, the uh, Nebulous or Notesy people, but if somebody would let me drop in my own CSS for that, I know that sounds fiddly. That would just be pretty awesome, especially if they could cache it locally. That would be even better. Okay, anyway. so so we were talking about your your file naming. And you, <laughs> All right, yeah, we're like an hour nine. Hour yeah. nine. <laughs> no, no, okay. I, I want to get get through this because I just in terms of you know because people are going to ask. You have to for the full like, the full name of one of these files. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, run X, people I want to collaborate with. Every time it occurs to me, I want to do stuff with Chris Glass. I want to do more stuff with Kevin Kelly. Oh, that Jack Chang. I like him. So it occurs to me, I write it down. That's a list. That was probably three years worth of names. It's like five names, but like over like three years, I've added it to that. Uh, I, oh, here's a popular one I do. I call it a B-I-Q-N. Um, so this is really going to be inscrutable if you can't see this. Run X, Squarespace, B-I-Q-N, Bugs, Ideas, Questions, and Notes. Okay. Or tagged B-I-Q-N-X. So for all kinds of things I use, launch bar, <laughs> simple note, uh, Squarespace, you name it, I have a running file called Bugs, Ideas, Questions, and Notes. And, you and every, every time I go, you know, it's crazy to me that when I try to update my apps on my iPhone and for whatever reason it won't let me update the app, the app stops being usable. You ever notice that? You ever try to do an update and it can't complete it? Well, yeah. if it tries to overwrite Instapaper, it starts it, but it can't stop. You can't use Instapaper until you do a correct sync, which is completely unApple like and crazy. So that goes in my uh, iPhone um, uh, BIQNX file. And, and you don't date string your names, sounds like. Not for running files, because running files, you know what I mean when I say a running keep, file? Yeah, yeah. It's a list. It's a list. Okay, now what's some other ones that would have dates? Uh, blog X. Like if it's a blog post, it could be KFGX. TWITP Twitter post. Now, TWITP, I type that and that expands into Twitter post and then a long date. So I can just, you know, capture a thing. Um, and, do you, I mean, some, and you generate these names with, uh, with Text Expander? Mm, the, these little short ones, mainly I'm just fighting the autocorrect on the iPhone. Yes. But uh, RefX, TempX, RunX, IdeaX, it's just an idea. NoteX, it's a note. I mean, dumb ones that only would matter to me. Charactex. C-H-A-R-C-H-T-X. It's a character. I do for a character in a bit. B-I-O-X. Bio-X. Uh, biographies of me I was trying to collect in one place so I could edit them. Media-X. Something I should watch, download, look at, whatever. So, Media-X, YouTube, uh, David Bowie video. You know what I mean? And drop yeah. in a URL. Yeah. Uh, I could drop that into OmniFocus, but I don't like to clutter that up. I'm the same anyway, way. 
once you, it sounds really stupid and foreign, but if you looked at this list, you go, oh, I see how I could use that. And then what do you have? Well, you've got the lightest conceivable taxonomy. It makes it very easy to sort. It makes it very easy to find. Uh, makes it very easy to like create a smart folder. So you could say, just show me RunX stuff that's been updated in the last weeks. Well, now that becomes something that's part of your weekly review. Show me all my running list stuff, like the quote-unquote someday maybe list. Show me everything that I've added stuff to in my running files. Okay, and then you ready for this? Here's the killer. T-O-C-X. This is the meta taxonomy, table of contents. So I could have, what I'll do is, I'll do a notational, again, only five people will appreciate this. I'll do a search in notational velocity for, say, RunX, R-U-N-X. And then I'll create a new file called RunX, T-O-C-X. This is all of the running files. And bookmark that. Yeah. You get it? Yep. So now I've got a table of contents of every running file right inside of notational velocity. This is going to be so, I probably sound completely insane. No, it, it makes Five thirds will love this. No, the people that listen to this show are going to like it because we're, we're all nerds together. Snip yeah. X, Plan X, Peep X. I forget people's names. I remember that James and Ariana are the people from Brown Owl Coffee because they have a Peep X on them. Cred X, the uh, credentials for a site. I don't usually keep them in there. I tend to put them into 1Password, but it's a good place to drop it in. Uh, that's a lot of them. No, but it's anything with an X. And then, I mean, it's not flawless, but then I can go in and search, search for anything that, you know, where the word ends in an X, and it gives me, you know, pretty good idea what all my files are. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's, it's kind of dumb, but it's, uh, it's really lightweight. These are text files. The whole thing, you know, if I take out the really giant ones where I've exported my book as HTML or something like that, the largest one I have in here is 28K. Okay, and then and then you're saving, then you're accessing this on your iOS device through when it works through when elements. It works. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Lots of good ones here. Um, Run X, text make questions. Yes. How do you how do you smart folder set up? You talked about you having a bunch of smart folders set up for uh, IBZX. IBZX is an inbox zero draft. So I can do one. It's called IBZX. Uh, name includes IBZX. Date modified equals last two weeks. You see where I'm going with this? So show me any draft in here. Uh, I just started one recently for 10-minute writing exercises. It's Natalie Goldberg idea. So I can say, like, I might want to mine those periodically for anything I could use somewhere else. I generally don't. It's mostly just me talking about how much I suck. But I could do that. Uh, another thing I use a lot is, I, uh, I'll tell you, a great text expander shortcut, Scratch D. <clears throat> so if you type the word on, on my iOS device or Mac, if I type Scratch, the word Scratch, followed by the letter D, it expands to the word scratch and then a long date. And that's basically something I'm going to throw away in seconds or minutes. It's something where I just need a place to type, but I just want to create a file very quickly. You could probably do this with something like touch in the, in the shell. Yeah. But it's just a super fast. Like how many times do you want to go create something? And so what do you do? You type kill or this or something or a thing. Well, if you always call it the same name, then it's really easy to delete all of them. So you, but it's really, it's, it's like... Um, Literary RAM, you know, it's just, it's live memory. It's something I'm not going to use for long and I can just throw out. That way I don't get too clotted with stuff I don't need to keep. Uh, I used to keep a running list of stuff when I ordered takeout dinner. I would have a different file under, yeah, I can tell you that I got Silver Spoon tie on uh, January 6, 2008. We got number 21, Tom Young Guy. Okay, you win now, you win. Yeah, but here's why, here's why. You ever wonder, like, what was that thing we got that time that we liked? It's all in one file. Yeah, I'm almost there. I, I, I do keep a list of uh, Well, that of sounds food. dumb, except I don't, I don't have to think about straight. it. it yeah. always, I don't sit around and think about this all day. You know what I mean? It's like this goes in there. It goes, these running files, I got to tell you, if you do nothing else with all this nonsense, start thinking about running files. 
So for me, what? I mean, I'll go like, uh, I just re- resuscitated this site I do called Fives, which is just lists of five things. And I've had this thing running for, what, six years of just stuff, uh, uh, five transitive verbs I dislike, five things you might find in a phone booth, uh, five people I pray I'm never seated next to at a very long dinner. I, I'm so uh, glad that you're doing fives again. Thank you. Thank Good. you. It's a, a set I enjoy. Five terrible fake revelations in John Stossel's latest book. Hmm. Long jail terms are helping inner city families get closer than ever. <laughs> Government health insurance has actually made poor people sicker. Hmm. Yeah. So I got uh, 1,100 lines in that one. Now, and when you talk about running file, you talk about a list, but you also, it sounds to me like you're using it to keep track of, of events as well. Uh, events? Well, not really. No, I use uh, Google Calendar for that. I'm sorry, I, I didn't speak correctly. Like, like you're saying you went to a restaurant such and such a day. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it could be. You know, here's my problem was, boy, you know what? This actually goes straight to something Katie talked about last time with the paper and where do you put stuff and reference. Um, and increasingly, um, unlike Ken, who uses OmniFocus for everything, we've talked about this, you know, how, how I'm kind of adamant about trying to never put anything into OmniFocus that isn't going to be eventually be some, something I have to do. For example, um, what's a good example of this? Somebody saying, oh, yeah, so my pal Caleb, he's been telling me about this, uh, what's the name of this band, Admiral, oh, it's on my phone, it's not on here, uh, but the guy from Granddaddy just started this band, he says should check it out. Uh, oh, yeah, somebody told me about a book, this lady I met in the park who has a Labrador retriever, uh, who I met uh, two months ago, told me about a book called The Perfect Puppy, that's a really good book for finding out what kind of dog would be good for your house, so that's under Media X and Book. So uh, that's dumb, right? But that's where it goes. It goes there. When I meet a lady in the park with a Labrador and she suggests a book, it becomes a media X file. So if I ever want to say, show me everything I got about dogs, that's not hard to do. You know, people say, oh, Evernote this, Evernote that. You know, that's fine. Those are all great. I just don't need to save maps. I need to save links to maps, right? I don't, I don't you know, there are some things where I will save a really long thing. I, w- I saved a short story by Willa Cather that I wanted to read in here because it, it would be easier to read in text than in Instapaper. You know, you got to find what works for you. In my case, all of this incredibly ridiculous, overthought-out stuff means I never have to think about this. Snip X, a snippet I want to create for Text Expander. Next time I'm creating Text Expanders, go pull up Snip X, show me all the Text Expanders I want to make. But I don't want to make it now, right, when I'm on my phone. It's a, it's a, it's a capture thing. No, it's, it's good. Like, uh, I use it, for instance, when I've got active cases. And I've got a text file for each case. And it's got the judge, the case number, all the little details you need to know. But there's also a heading about halfway down the page. It'll just say communication log. And every time I pick up the phone and talk to somebody or somebody calls me, I just do my text expander snippet. It's For me, it's .dts, date time stamp. And it plops a, a date stamp there, and I just write a sentence about what we talked about. And that I, do that. I do that. I, I do that now also with uh, – I finally figured out how to append to a text file in Launchpad, I, Launchbar. I can't believe it took me so long to figure this out. Uh, is that on the internet? You're going to have to send me the link because I, I still don't know how. It's it's if you Google for it, it's on their forums, but it's really easy. I think it's baked. I think it's baked in now. You go find your thing. Well, first of all, like I'll tell you, a great one is um, Option Command A is a sign abbreviation. Like if you know you want something to be the abbreviation for something, go ahead and put it in. I mean, I wouldn't overdo that, but if you're a Quicksilver, you know, immigrant. Emigre, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, then go ahead and enter them in. Like for me, E is elements. It opens up my text files thing. No problem. So I pop it open, hit E, arrow right, start typing. And when I get the file that I want, you, in this case, hit 
you don't even have to hit tab. I think it's command shift A and it just starts appending and that depends a line to the file. So in your case, yeah, that, I would call that a log file. I know lots of people, so I know some people, I think it was Michael Sippy, does these files saved as a .log just because then he can open up in the console and it actually works with that format. Nice. But um, no, I think it's great. And there are actually, if you want to get fiddly about this, there are TextMate bundles for doing this. What's, uh, but she's a girl. You know that girl? She does Rails programming. She's awesome. Girl. I mean, that's what she calls herself. But she's, but she's this amazing English uh, programmer who did a GTD um, app. What was it called? Tracks? Um, and she's, she wrote, I think she wrote a bundle for doing this. If you look for there's journal apps, basically, um, or journal bundles for TextMate that'll let you do this really easily if you want to keep a programmer's notebook or something. Yeah, but so, no, I'm totally with you. And then you just add a line to that. I have, one, I have a template for phone calls where basically it's a template in uh, TextMate with variables where I can type in who it is, what the data is, da-da-da-da, and it auto-pops it with these four sections I always want, which is like who's going to be on the call, what are, the, what are the things I need to think about from last time we talked? What are the th- questions, the things I need to settle here? What are the things I need to ask? And then anything for notes and actions. But for me, I don't, I don't want to mess around with that stuff. I just want to open the text file and just... Right, but that's not a messing around thing, David. Yeah. That's, that's me typing uh, C-A... Well, not C-A-L-X, that's the thing. But I, it's a snippet in TextMate. I don't have to think about yeah. it. Yeah. And, but, and then finally, this is the last thing. And I learned this straight out of that book, that amazing little guy, Chris, Christini, his Omni-Focus book. Yeah. I do this. I, I, I knew this existed. I just hadn't thought about it enough. I'm forever dragging URLs and actual applications into uh, Omni-Focus notes now. So, for example, when I started a new Skype call, I don't know how well the audio on this will, will be, but I've got a link to all the apps I want to restart after a Skype call is over. It's, re- it's a repeatable template. You know what I mean? So when yeah. I get off, restart Dropbox, restart MobileMe, restart all these things. And I just have links to all the places right in there. And like a lot of people don't know, there's all kinds of URLs that work on the iPhone. Yeah. If, you go- if you Google iPhone URL scheme, you'll find all these amazing things. We've talked about, I think, put a G in front of HTTP and it opens it in Goodreader, stuff like that. Um, putting those in there, think about that though. You're on your phone. You know you can link to any task in OmniFocus, any project. Did you know that? Explain. I, I don't. It's just insane. Go open up. Go open up OmniFocus, right. and go to a task. Right click or you know control click. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You see copy copy as link. I did not know that. Oh, try that, and now go to the notes field of another uh, project or task, and put that in the notes. You know, command apostrophe and yeah. drop it in. And guess what? That works. So you get OmniFocus colon slash 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 either task or project or context or whatever. And uh, A, that works on the desktop. But guess what? This is totally Christini. This is not me. I didn't know this. I worked on this app and I didn't know this. But guess what? That works on your iPhone too. Wow. So if you've got a dependency, like uh, uh, OmniFocus does not currently support de- dependencies between projects. But let's say you've got, here's 50 things I need to buy after I get paid. Right? So you create a new project called uh, Got to Get Paid. Right? You have a waiting on on hold action at the top called get paid with a due date. And you have a, so then you've got a uh, sequential project. And after that, when you tick that off, a new thing opens up called buy stuff I need. And inside of that is a link to that project, that other project of like stuff I need to buy. And you can do that all from your phone. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. This is, why is it nerdier than last time? This is great. I love it. Screencast, David. Well, yeah, I, I'm in the midst of writing the uh, the mother of all. I, I recommended. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I'm, I'm yeah. interested to see it. I, I recommended that book. It's called "Is It Creating Flow with OmniFocus." 
I'm good. I recommended it on Back to Work, but seriously, go buy that book. It is unbelievably great. If you're an omni-focused person, well, it's great because, I mean, if you're somebody who's sitting there going, why did I spend 80 bucks on this? Well, believe me, you will get way more than $80 worth of value out of this book. But also for you and me, like, just to be clear, like I had a small role in this, but I worked on a little bit about how this app is structured. And I, there's tons of stuff I'd never thought to use the way he, he has a whole thing on how to create templates. That's fantastic for repeating tasks and repeating, yeah. you know, I've done a little lightweight stuff with that, but he really basically shows you how to turn this into a lightweight CRM for your life. It's really well done. Yeah. I use, um, a Apple script to build templates that works pretty good. You know, you can drag like, like for example, you know that SMS colon slash, wait, wait, let me get this right. I don't know if it's a colon slash slash, but you know, there's a, there's a, that's a protocol on iPhone. So you can put, I'm going to get it wrong. You should Google that. But basically SMS colon a number, like that'll show up as a link on your iPhone. So if you drop that, what I'm saying is you, it's easy to do all this on your desktop and not as easy on your iPhone. So when you're doing all of your stuff as part of your weekly review or in your case, David, in your morning, you know, uh, ritual with, with OmniFocus. Do all that stuff on the desktop. Ask yourself, when am I going to need this? How am I going to need this? What's the next thing I'll need to do? Think it through like you would in GTD. And then drop links to all that stuff straight in there. Uh, you know, you know, MailPlane has MailPlane links that'll link to the right account and everything that won't work on your phone. But uh, Gmail, obviously, you can link to any message in Gmail. Uh, you can drag address book stuff into OmniFocus. I'm just saying. Yeah. It, it's pretty amazing. Because I, I pull links and stuff in all the time. I did not know, though, you could link task items. And that... It's I've changing a, the way I think about how I use this app. Yeah, I, I've, I'm just sitting here uh, <laughs> thinking, okay, now how am I going to capitalize on this? Because this is a pretty nice... Uh, well, and it's, it's a, a feature that I would love. I don't... Goodreader, you know, Goodreader has URLs. Did you know you can link to files in Goodreader? I mean, Goodreader is a sleeper, man. I can't believe how many people... I mean, I spend... A third of the time I'm on my phone, I'm in Goodreader. I use it, I use it to listen to stuff I've downloaded. Uh, I use it to I use it for so much stuff. I I've been started I started using this new app called Instacast that lets you listen to podcasts that you you know downloads podcasts on your phone. Unlike that's a great app, but I I'll constantly download stuff. Um, I'm just saying Goodreader. It gets better all the time. But now you can link. So, I mean, eventually, who knows? My, me and my text files will live in there. A good reader will now sync with your folders on Dropbox. Did you know that? Yeah, and you can, you can have it serve them up or you can have it actually sync. To so that, I, that iThoughts folder with all my LPML in it right now syncs with my iPad and my iPhone through Goodreader, which is just so sweet. And how do you use that? Because I find uh, the iThoughts files, I just open in iThoughts and they're in that, that folder. Why, why do you that need one Goodreader? Button. Well, it's one button called Open In. So if that lives in some app that wants to be all proprietary, I'm screwed. If it lives in Goodreader, then all I have to click is open in. So for example, if I pull over an EPUB and I type, if I select it and hit open in, it will either, I can choose between stanza, iBooks. Uh, I mean, this is the only yeah. way, this is the only way to get something into iBooks that isn't buying it. <laughs> but you know, you can get stuff into iBooks from other places with that open in button. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. I mean, you could download something, you know, you can do stuff like you can search from inside of Goodreader. You can search Google, and every time you click a link, it'll ask you, do you want to follow the link or do you want to download the file? Well, download the file. So, like, if I want to listen to a new version of our podcast, new, new episode, and I'm not at my Mac, even though this is insane, I should be able to do this through the air, uh, I'll go to Goodreader and, and download it there. 
Well, we, fantastic. We've, we've touched on Goodreader in a few episodes. I, oh, I find it really uh, helpful for PDFs. I mean, as a PDF manager, editor, and all the above, it's fantastic. I mean, it has all the editing tools built in, and I keep a hierarchical folder structure in Goodreader with all the documents for all of my cases, all the Max Barkey stuff, anything I want to see. It scares the hell out of people. When I'm in a meeting, they'll say, well, the contracts is this and this, and I'll just go push a couple buttons and I'll have it up. Because, yeah, and they go, there's not even wireless in here. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, and, and it's already bookmarked because I bookmark everything in PDF, and all my highlights and annotations are right there. And yeah, I can plug it, it into should a- mention, it's got great, it's got fantastic. I mean, for what it is, it's not a dedicated PDF uh, app, but it's, boy, it, it, doesn't it just get better and better at what it, you can do? Well, I think it keeps up with the, the dedicated PDF annotation apps. I mean, I'm looking at this in comparison to the other ones. and On, on iOS. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's got all the stuff I need. So I find, you know, and I didn't like it at the beginning. I have to tell you, I thought the icon is just butt ugly. Yeah. <laughs> now now I, I know. It's, but it makes me happy to see it. I mean, yeah. here, here's the other thing. I mean, what is Goodreader? This is so interesting to think about what the future of Goodreader is. Because really, it's a one giant hack. For the most problematic part, apart from the iPhone store, the uh, iTunes store, the most problematic part of, of my relationship with iOS is that how they want me to use iTunes for everything, which is never going to happen. It's re- iTunes has been great at building this platform. It's great that I can buy music. I love all of that. But to make that the place where I have to sync everything is, I mean, shoot, I, I, I almost think I'll move to another platform if they force me to do that. It's ridiculous. It just doesn't work. But Goodreader routes around all of that. It creates an 8080 port where you can deliver stuff through the air. It syncs with Dropbox yep. now. I mean, it does all of that. And then it all, but it also does stuff like, like I say, you can enter in. So let's say you're in Safari. This happens to me a lot. And I'll say, oh, you know, well, frankly, first of all, HuffDuffer, I've got to recommend. Uh, if you want to have your own, you know, uh, Jeremy from Clear Left, go look at HuffDuffer. It's just the best. Basically, you create your own private podcast with anything you want to add one file at a time. So if I'm on any page with audio, I can click a button and that gets added to this notional pile. Fantastic. And then next time you sync with your Mac, all the podcast episodes you want to listen to show up without you having to subscribe to the whole show. Fantastic. But a lot of times I just want to go download a movie or I just want to download whatever. Uh, There are dedicated apps that do this, like Save It All. But Goodreader does this perfectly well. You go in, and let's say you're in Safari. You say, oh, I, like, I want to hear this right now. I want to hear this song. You click and hold to get you know, copy, the URL. With that in the buffer, you pop over to Goodreader. Oh, go to enter URL. It knows that there's an URL in your pasteboard, right? Yeah. So when it pops up, it's already in there. You hit OK. It goes, OK, this is downloading. Do you want to go see it download? Yes. And then when it's downloaded, it's right there in Goodreader, and you're done. I mean, it's ludicrous. Once you've done that, it's ludicrous that those extra steps have to be there at all. There should be another button in Safari that says save this as a file into my area that's awesome like Dropbox. Yeah. It's crazy to me that they're trying so hard to root you through iTunes. I mean, I get why they do that. I, to- I think I get why they do that. But for the people who are really spending the serious dough on these devices, as Justin said, one of the weakest points is all the ways that these interact together. The iPhone and the iPad interact so poorly right now that really it's the carriers that are making that work now, <laughs> right? You can share this connection now and finally have GPS on your Wi-Fi. I'm rambling. I'm sorry. No, I'm just no. a good reader. The thing is, good reader is one of those things like Google Analytics where like you think you know what it does, but you don't really know what it does. Unless you've really spent time with it, they're constantly adding features to good reader. It's, it's one of the most, I mean, it's on my homepage. Like I could not do what I do without good reader. The iPhone would be a lot more of a toy to me if I didn't have Goodreader. And every update has new amazing features. Like recently, they've added this thing where you can serve up documents. Uh, one way, 
you know, sync essentially. And so you could be in your corporate environment and you could say, okay, here are all the operating documents for whatever we're working on. Everybody attach it with your, your iPad Goodreader and you're going to automatically get the updates. And do you ever go and look at, have you ever looked at their, they have a, their, their uh, preferences area, their settings area is hilarious. Have you ever seen the one, there's the one that's like, don't, don't push this button no matter what you do. There's another one that's like all these paranoid settings that I love. Yeah. I mean, how crazy is it that there aren't more apps you can lock? It's just so weird. Goodreader lets you lock folders. I mean, lock, quote unquote. But I mean, it basically lets you on the iOS. If you mounted that, you'd be able to get on there. But you know what I'm saying? You can lock folders. You can lock the whole app. There's much more granularity to how soon it locks and, and, and stuff like that. Um, there's all kinds of great little bits in there you can flip to, to customize it. You can do slideshows in Goodreader, right? right? So you can grab a bunch of pictures, porn or otherwise, throw them in a folder and hit a button. And it's the only way I know of to go directly from a folder into a slideshow like you would on your Mac with QuickView. It's, anyway, enough said. It's, it's, I don't know how much it costs. It's not very costly. It's, there's a reason that it's always in the top 10. It's the indispensable like file and life productivity app on iOS. How's that for a pull quote? Well, it's interesting how you know Goodreader and Dropbox, there's a couple companies that are capitalizing on Apple's failure to, to deal with some of these issues. And they're going to fill decision, that void. Or decision, decision too. I mean, Apple doesn't do that many things because they're stupid. They do a lot of things because they're cagey. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of things, as people have noted, there are, there are features that, you know, as Gruber said, there are people walking around with carry phones doing stuff that we won't see for three years. It's just they're going to release what's polished. And there's gonna, they're going to release what supports their business model over the next two years. They're not going to put in everything they could. Why don't you go to Android? Have fun. They, yeah. they put everything they can in there and, <laughs> you know, use that on a tablet. <laughs> go well, nuts. <laughs> well, and I think that there's an opportunity there. If, you, if you're a developer and you're looking, you know, how do I find the space? You know, fill yeah, Apple's. Yeah, there is. There is. Yeah, I mean, but there's that fear. There's that fear exactly. that all of a sudden Apple's going to come along and, you know, Gosh, they did it to the Watson guy. They did it to the Watson guy a couple of times, didn't they? That was brutal. Yeah. yeah. Or, or like the thing is with Twitter, like Twitter said as much. I mean, the actual language is really, there's a reason people are freaking out over what Twitter did. And part of it is the language was really onerous. They just said something like basically, I forget, I, don't, I won't quote this, but on the developer list to Twitter developers, they basically said, we just think that's not going to be a, big, a good business. Which is their way of saying like, okay, you know, <laughs> that, was your warning, that was your warning shot. Get out of Austria. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's not going to be good soon. <laughs> anyway, oh my gosh, this is like hour seven. What, what else? What else should we do in the uh, seven hours we have left? The, well, um, I have a question about you know. I know I know you do tons of text files, but you, you got to have more than just text on your computer. Seriously, yeah. I mean, you got to have some PDFs and and tons, some and yeah. some other stuff on there. How do you organize all that stuff? Where is it? Um, Files and folders. Is it just all thrown in there? Well, PDFs. um, You know, PDFs tend to to obviously end up if they're inbound. Kind of end up in my downloads folder, and I don't. I don't manage that super well. I've got like kind of a hazel thing that cleans it up a little bit, but I don't do anything too serious with that. I'll tell you one thing. I love is uh, again in the you know. Gosh, I need to be smarter. When you go to the print dialog box, you know how you can preview as PDF or save as PDF. There's a bunch of. They're not services. They're not automator actions. They're whatever they are that lets you add items to that save as menu. Right. Yeah. Um, so I have a Dropbox receipts folder where every time I buy something online, I go to print on my Mac and then save as and put it in there. So basically, I have a spotlightable version of every receipt I've ever gotten. That's fast. I could use something like uh, Yep or whatever for that, but I don't, great app, but I don't really need it. I just need spotlight. 
And by the way, if you use tags, I don't know if Brett mentioned this, but tags has its own lightweight, super fast, much better version of built on top of Spotlight, built right into the app. And I, I've remapped my key to use tags for Spotlight rather than Spotlight. Are you, um, I mean, wh- what about the stuff that you don't buy online? Like when you get your car, okay, maybe you don't have a car that you service, but when you get your car serviced or... Eh, I'm bad at all of that. I'm I mean, do you, do you keep that stuff? Do you, do you keep the utility bill or the, you know, all that kind of stuff? I sometimes wish I have, but um, that's I'm the wrong person to ask about that because I'm yeah. super disorganized about all of that. But, you know... Uh, I, you know, again, back to the Max Beach thing or the Dragon, Dragon Dictation thing, like, to me, the whole scanning thing, like, it, it sounds like you guys, especially, I know Davis talked about his workflow with that. I, my mature, my, the maturity of my workflow on that is non-existent. I just, I scan stuff when I have to. If somebody goes, quote, unquote, fax me, I'm like, well, here, let me just put it on my Victrol and spin it around a little bit. I, I will run it through my ScanSnap or SnapScan or whatever the hell it's called. But that, I don't know. I gotta be honest, there's just not that many occasions where I can't find that somewhere. There's that, uh, I'm going to start a new running file of quotes I constantly get wrong. The thing about Einstein said about like why would I memorize anything that I could look up? And I think I think we're all still evolving out of this period that you know obviously there was a time when you had to have your personal phone book. Like my my mom had this, my family had this little spiral bound crappy sure. give giveaway Cincinnati Bell phone book that was just beaten to crap. It was just it had been erased and written over and knew it. It was really nice. It was a nice artifact of life that they used for like 30 years. And you had to have that. If you lost that phone book, you were done. You know, so I think that's very understandable to go, and I think it's really actually healthy to be that slavish about taking care of a thing, in this case, your data. But I think the transitional point was, inflection point was looking at something like email and how people would over-organize that into folders even though they never used those folders to find anything. Right? I mean, yeah, seriously, unless you're on some really crappy program like Outlook, you can find anything you want. You just go look for it. Oh, you know, you don't have to group it by name. Just search for that person's email address and it should pop up. There's built-in metadata for all of that. And I think now the, the, the next generation, I guess I'll call it the third generation of that, is now where like there's very little stuff that I can't find somewhere. You know, I do have to remember to go to my bank and download PDFs of like statements and stuff before they expire after N years. But, you know, I think, I guess the answer to the question in a really... Um, circuitous way, Katie, is to consider a way that doesn't require you having to do anything. If you can go to your bank to get all those statements, give yourself a a reminder to do that every three months. You know what I mean? Uh, You know, I I think the problem is, and again, this is an old point, but you have to ask yourself how often you use any of those systems to find something rather than how often you worry about not being able to find it. Because if we're really honest with ourselves, the amount of overhead involved in all that stuff and, you know, and again, back to the Merlin point, if it is important, well, then make it important. Hire somebody to take care of that for you, right? I just think that for most of us, there's so much anxiety around this, these feelings of if I lose this, I'll never see it, and da 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 that I think we end up over-engineering a lot of that. But what do you do? What do you do, Big Shot? I do files and folders. You know, I, I've got a separate program that I manage a bunch of receipts in, but, you know, I'm, you know David and I have pretty similar systems. I've, I've got files and folders with... Uh, text expander snippets for expanding out names and and Hazel rules for taking care of the rest and putting them where they belong. Smart. Now that's nice. You think that through once and you're and you're good to go. And then how often do you use it to find stuff? Um, it's happened more often recently than not. I mean, a lot of the stuff I just keep because you know I feel like if I ever need to, I need to keep it. But you know, recently I've been I've been going through some financial stuff, trying to get a mortgage and and maybe building a house and doing things like that. And I mean, you would not believe the stuff that they want these days. I know. 
So I know. I, I had to go through, uh, as I posted at length on Twitter yesterday, I had to go through convincing my bank that I'm not a fraudulent user of my own card. That's and it's extraordinary, important. the stuff that they want. Well, no, you ever had this happen? You travel and suddenly your card doesn't work? And it's because of what's called an automated fraud hold, which is a completely, as far as I can tell, it's like a Lauren's Curve butterfly flapping its wings kind of thing, where suddenly you just can't use your card anymore. And I, 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 I hand my hand to God, I exaggerated some of this online, but I was actually on the phone with a woman. It took her seven minutes of questions to make sure it was me, right? And so I had to go look up all this stuff. She kept asking me all of this stuff. What's, go, go, what's a transaction you recently did? Well, did you, did you get $200 out of the ATM? I said, I don't see that on here. She said, oh, yeah, well, that was refused. I said, well, it was refused because you made my card stop working. Well, she said, sir, sir. I was like, and then when I finally got it, but I had to go find my driver's license. I had to pull that up. I had to get all this stuff to her. All in the end to say to her, now, what was the transaction that made you freeze my bank account? Amazon. Well, no, <laughs> no, no, seriously. Well, you're, you don't live in Seattle, sir. No, it's happened. It happens. No, 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 but she said, I, she, I said, well, no, specifically, you obviously had a reason for doing this. What was the transaction? I don't see, we haven't come across any transactions here. What is the one that caused this to happen? And she said, well, sir, it's, it varies. And I said, no, what, I'm not being clear. I have a child. I need money. Like, what happened? And she said, sir, it's, it's, it's automated. It's automated. <laughs> so in that case, I agree with you, Katie. I needed to have all that stuff there. But, you know, and I'm sorry, that was a jag. Anyway, Bank of America. <laughs> um, tell us how you tell, really feel. Yeah. No, that's yeah, all right. I, I spent, 30, I spent 30 minutes on the phone with them today trying to give them $64. Oh, my gosh. I, I've heard so much, Scott. We, there's an episode you and I see yeah. where Scott talks about buying a house. It just sounds brutal. It sounds like the worst. I, okay, this is a total, yeah. uh, what do you call it, rat hole? But rat, I, rat hole. When I bought my house, they, they everything was done, and then they said, "Oh, we need you to explain why your wife was late on a payment to Nordstrom four years ago." And I said, "You know what? I'm not going to explain it. She was late because she was late, and if you're not going to give us the loan because of that, I'll just keep renting." And, I admire uh, that. I really admire <laughs> that. And then the the loan still went through, and to this day, I'm pretty sure my mortgage guy forged a note from my wife. But oh yeah. my god, that's <laughs> awesome! Hey, listen, can I give you guys? Uh, I got a dash in a minute, but can I give yeah. you one trick? A good trick for this, Katie and everybody. And this is just this is the thing, only things I am only able to share because I am such a broken human being with such a dumb mind. Um, it drives me crazy. There's a phrase, you know, in, uh, in psychology they call it "tip of the tongue" phenomenon. There's a lot of complex reasons why this happens uh, cognitively. But, you know, you can remember, you know you know something, but you don't know what it is. And they call it tip of the tongue because you might remember what letter of the alphabet it is. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, I know, right. I know the name of that band. Like, I remember once, I couldn't remember the name Charlene Tilton from Dallas. I knew, I was like, who's that girl? Who's the blonde girl from Dallas? And I spent like three days thinking about it. This is pre-internet. It drove me crazy. But I knew there was like a T in it. Outboard brain. It's a term I learned from uh, Corey Doctorow. He, we refer to things as his, as his outboard brain. Can I just say the outboard brain tag is the best thing ever? Anytime. And so I ask you that, that you know, voir dire thing about like how, why do you, hey, listen to me using a legal term, about, about how you find stuff. Well, anytime I notice myself having tip of the tongue phenomenon, I can't find something. When I do find it, whether it's usually on delicious, pinboard, whatever, on my Mac, I add somewhere that will be findable again as a tag, outboard brain. Because you know what? If I forgot it once, there's a really, really, really good chance I'm going to A, need to find it again, and B, I will forget it again. That sounds so dumb, but create an outboard brain. 
tag or something or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It could be the way I name it in TextMate. Or for me, it's, that's definitely a, it's a tag in Pinboard. And then next time I forget something and I don't know anything about it, I don't even have a tip of the tongue to rely on, I can just search for, for Outboard Brain and it'll just show me all the stuff I always forget. Try it. It totally, totally works. That's, that's cool. Do you think I'm mental? Is that no. what it is, David? Do you think I'm crazy? No, I, the sad thing is we have way too much in common. I know. It's I know. We have too much. I, we, should, we should get gay married or something. I think we have a lot in common. We uh, dump these people in these, these careers of ours. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Let's take a minute to talk about our last sponsor, the Omni Group. And, of course, uh, with Merlin on the show, I think we should talk about OmniFocus. You have to talk about OmniFocus with Merlin on the show. Well, you know, a lot's changed in the last year, Katie. You've you've come over to the light. You're using OmniFocus now. I have. Uh, they've come out on the iPad. They've got this great iPad version on the iPhone and, and on the Mac, and it's uh, truly a, a wonderful service. Uh, we've got a podcast, or I'm, I guess the word is screencast, coming out for OmniFocus. I had promised it last weekend before the show came out, but things weren't exactly the way I wanted them, and I want this to be good. So we'll be having that come out next week in the feed. And there's going to be three of them. So we're going to have uh, the first one is going to be all about capture and the various ways you can capture. And there's a lot of ways. I mean, I think it's going to be the final time is going to be about 25 minutes. And then the second one is going to be all about process. And then the third one is going to be about the remaining pieces of OmniFocus I use. It's looking really good. Uh, OmniFocus is, in my opinion, the premier task management application on any platform. And uh, we're really happy to have them as a sponsor. You can head over to theomnigroup.com and check it all out. You can find OmniFocus on the Mac App Store. It's available 70 or at their website at uh, omnigroup.com. It's $79.95 for an individual license or $119.95 for a family license. They have an iPhone version for $19.99 and an iPad version for $39.99. And all are well worth checking out because they all interoperate so well together. Yeah, and if you're interested in this and have always been a little intimidated by it, next weekend download that first uh, screencast and then go to the website and download the free 30-day trial and just try it out along with me. You know, let me know how it goes for you. So thanks, Omni Group, and let's get back to Merlin. You know, uh, one thing I wanted to point out, I know you need to go, is uh, you did a post at 43 Folders, and I don't remember when you posted it, but I have it. I carry it around a link to it because I think it's so good. It's called First Care. Oh, Thanks. And uh, I was talking about uh, how I think I've changed in the past year. I think that's posts like that, and and not just you, but other places I'm finding is you know find something you're really passionate about in life, and and then you're going to really be able to get the most out of these this technology. I mean, it, that's when you stop blowing in the wind. That's when you start saying, okay, how am I going to kick ass with this? Uh, thank you. I, I I that's so nice of you to say because I I agree, and it took a long time to get to where that became so obvious to me. And it is so obvious to me, even on the days I forget it, it's obvious to me. But absolutely. I mean, it's, it's funny because the way I talk about in that post, I start out with this anecdote you know, from uh, Frank Shimera talking about somebody asking him on Tumblr uh, how you manage to do the things that are important and get focused. And he says, you focus on one thing, right? And kind of like unfocus on other stuff. It was something like, you do one thing at a time, I think is what he said. But no, I agree. And it's funny because like, the, the big fat middle part of my book that's not done uh, basically has like these, what, six, seven sections in it that includes things like the second one is find clarity. Third one is develop tolerance. The fourth one is question input. Fifth one is demand courage. And the sixth one is just work. But the number one is first care. It's like no matter how much clarity, tolerance, good information, courage, and work ethic you have, unless you care, 
it's going to be really hard to get the most out of any or all of those. That's it, what I come back to, you know, and I actually, the sex, that section of the book, such as it is right now, begins by saying, this is the chapter of the book you're going to most want to skip, but it's most important that you read. So go ahead and skip around and I'll see you in a while. If I see you again, I, I will see you here because it all comes back to caring. And as I said in that post, I, I think one of the probably 11 smartest things I ever accidentally said that in, until you know what you care about, the only thing you'll focus on is your lack of focus. And I really, really, really believe that. You can call it procrastination. You can call it fear. You can call it anger, anxiety, whatever you want. It all comes back to some sense of not knowing what it is you care about. And that can manifest itself as not knowing what you should pay attention to. As I said before, I think procrastination resides primarily in three things, forgetting one of three things. Um, forgetting you know, who you are or who you want to be, forgetting what you should be paying attention to, and forgetting what your options are for doing something about it. And I think that's why people procrastinate. And all of those, to some extent, coming out, come out of also the meta pattern is sort of forgetting what you care about. If you forget that you really care about being home at five to be with your daughter, then you're going to not know what needs to be done today. And as my shrink puts it, you're not going to have enough dopamine and all those index cards are going to seem equally important, right? But that, yes, the clarity is important, but it begins with that care because you can't really be clear until you know what you're being clear about. I know this sounds like kind of like Zen master crap, but... Like I say, thank you for saying that because I think that's the most important thing I've written in a really long time, at least to me. And it's become a linchpin for the book. As I said, I think I said this on uh, uh, Tumblr the other day with that, with that book. I, I want to call the book, um, what did I say? Inbox Zero, colon, cut the BS, except I actually say the word, um, do the hard stuff and start making things you love. That's what I think, that's what I'm really trying to say. And the first care part means that you're not going to make things you love until you know what it means a lot to you to make and you know what you love. You know, and you can think about that in a million practical ways. Like, who's my audience? Like, as we say, who do, who do I want to delight? You know, how will I know if I'm doing well? Will this upset the rest of my life to start this business? All of these things. If you don't know what you care about, then you're going to drift until you realize you need to know what you care about. And I'm not great at it. I like to think I know what I'm doing, but I think that struggle is eternal. Uh, and I think the days that we get it right, we're really lucky. And the days that we don't, we just need to accept that that's where it starts. Part of our condition. Uh, yep. I think this book is going to be awesome when it comes out. I'm going to make a prediction. I'm going to send you this. I'm looking <laughs> at it. You know what? I'm going to save as. I'm going to send it to you right now. Just as it is. Oh, God, this sucks. It's 2,000 words. Just the outline is 2,000 words, David. Well, well I know that you've kind of You've been beating yourself up over this, and I, I think you're not being fair to yourself. I mean, I think well, it's, it's a good. It's going to be really effing good, but like I have to argue with myself, and I have to argue with my editor. I have to argue with a place that wants a book that it can put in an airport and make people go, oh, "That looks like the four hour work week," you know. Whereas I'm trying to say, "Well, this is really about having the courage to do something that sucks," and getting from that 115,000 words down to like you know 45,000, or sorry, Julia, 52,000 is so much harder than I expected. The writing the words was not all that hard. It, it's getting to where I've got the right words in the right order that said the thing that my heart tells me is so goddamn hard. That's the trick, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Before I let you go, and, and yeah. this can be very brief, I, I work with a lot of young people, and I think we have a lot of younger people who listen to this podcast, people who are just starting to get out in the workforce, maybe kids who are in college, maybe a lot of people who are going, what the heck am I going to do because the economy sucks right now. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any thoughts for them? Yeah, totally. I, I do this talk called uh, Future Proofing Your Passion. Uh, and in fact, I just did a, uh, whatchamacallit, a, um, a workshop on this at, at Webstock. And yeah, and I, I think there's, there's several things you can do. 
um, almost all of which are going to be really difficult while you're young. Because I think there's a natural kind of built-in cataract to being young that completely understandably um, makes it mm, makes you want to distrust advice from idiots like us. To be honest, I mean, you know, anything that we have to share with you, I mean, gosh, the irony of becoming a parent for me has been all the ways in which I'm just so brutal, all the irony and snarkiness of my entire life. All those chickens have come home to roost, and now I'm like the worst cliche in the world. But you couldn't have said anything to me that would have prevented that from happening. So a big part of being an adult trying to help a kid is to go, well, I'm just going to have to let you make your mistakes because there's no way I can talk you out of your mistakes that you, you need to make. You know what I mean? But, but with that said, for the people who have ears to hear it, all I would say is, I, I said this in a, in a recent podcast, what episode was that? I think we called it uh, Expectational Debt, I guess one uh, E7 of Back to Work. Uh, try and reduce the amount of abject peril you have about how you're going to be consumed by life if you don't immediately succeed. Understand that you're going to have so many failures that you're just going to forget about in a few years. And when you're ready to accept it, understand that what the stuff you're fretting about right now is not nearly as harrowing as the stuff that you'll face in 10 or 15 years. I know that's not comforting right now, but when I sit there on uni and listen to, listen to people like whose lives are falling apart because somebody like unfriended them on Facebook or because the noodles were soggy and now they're going to write a Yelp review, it's, you know, it's hard. You know, I've, said, I've made a joke about this on Twitter. I mean... It, it's uh, teenagers don't you know take us seriously because you know we're such farcical you know ridiculous hilarious characters to them and the good part is they're the same thing to us you know young people can seem very farcical because it's hard to appreciate how serious everything seems to them um, specifically in terms of the economy though you have to understand that almost all the greatest stuff starts during a crap economy um, in part because you do have to go beyond the easy stuff if you've ever done sales you go into any real estate retail, any kind of sales environment, you'll meet people who've never been in a down economy and they don't even know how bad of a salesperson they are because they've always been in an up economy. You saw this in the last, after the real estate boom, the last few years, the number of people who thought they were good real estate agents just because they were basically starting in a good environment. You find out who a good salesman is when, when, when the climate's bad, right? Well, another piece of that is when you have a bad economy, um, following the set path may not be an option. And so you get to do something amazing instead. And I think right. that's... Well, and that can include the, absolutely. Look at the music industry or the entertainment industry. My gosh, these poor bastards have no idea how dead they are. They're rolling around in the coffin like thinking they're doing the Watusi. And it's like, you guys are dead. You've been dead. You're, the fact that you're even still alive is just because of some expensive heart machine. Like you're gone. And because you, you're not even trying to understand how the world has changed in a way you have no control over, which is just hard to watch. And it's hard to watch somebody be arrogant about being that factually incorrect. It's really, really hard to watch a middle-aged man be that wrong. And the thing is, when you're young, like I, I think you, you're lucky to not be that calcified. And as I said, again, that's a pretty good, actually, that's probably our best episode of the podcast was episode seven. Well, I really like how it turned out. I didn't like it at the time, but then, then I liked it. Uh, you know, that seriousness, it's good that you're serious and it's good that you was front responsibility and it's good that you're scared. You should always be scared. If you're not scared, you're probably in a tiger trap and don't know it. Uh, but but I think that sense of peril is what you need to worry about because that sense of that sense of, of fear and anxiety left to its own devices can become something that ends up driving decisions that you can't turn away from. And pretty soon you're 10 years older and the only muscles you've developed are the ones that make you reliant on the people who helped you once. So you lose your sense of agency, right? I'll tell that story about my grandfather who had the same job at the electric company for 30 years. He was like a child. He was like a child who was able to retire 
But if today, if he relied on the electric company to take care of him for the rest of his life, he'd, he'd be screwed, right? There's a thing on NPR last night about people, people who've been uh, marketing managers that have been out of work for two years. It's like, God, do you ever want to trust somebody else with your career again? And when you're young, as, all, as anxious as you might be and as much pressure as you're feeling from all of these people, just really stop and look around you and understand what you have access to right now that you may not have in the future. You really can fail and you won't die. You will not drink yourself to death at 25, mostly. <laughs> you, won't, you won't die if you travel to Europe and run out of money. Like, it's really worth knowing because developing that courageousness, even a little bit of it, will really serve you well as you go forward. And, and, and again, the down economy, the, one of the best conferences I ever went to was uh, the O'Reilly E-Tech conference in 2001, just because there was no money anywhere. But it was where I saw Clay Shirky do his power curve talk. It's where like the NoCat guys were talking about wireless for the first time seriously. And all the stuff that became Web 2.0 in some form or fashion resided in that room where there was no money. And so now you can go, oh, whatever, you know, Twitter and Flickr. Well, Twitter and Flickr were people at that conference then. You know, Ev used to keep Blogger alive with like loans and ramen, just so we're clear. Ev, that rich guy, like he, his company was dying in 2001. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I just, I'm sorry, that's really long-winded, but, and I don't know how much of that's useful, but those down economies and those down times, like would you like to start a business in the middle of a dot-com boom when it's $100 a square foot? Or would you like to start a business when you got an extra room in your house because your roommate moved out? You know what I'm saying? I, it's like there's opportunities there that one day you're going to smack yourself on the head that you didn't see them. And reducing that peril, reducing that sense that you're going to be consumed, <clears throat> and really lowering your expectations about how perfect you need to, to be are not a bad idea. You know, a follow-up point on just giving advice to young people is something I boosted from Joseph Campbell, and I use it all the time, is where he says, follow your bliss. And I just don't think a lot of people think about that. It's true, but, you know, bliss doesn't pay the landlord is the only problem. There's not, and then also there's not a Craigslist area for bliss. And so that leaves a lot of people out in the cold because they go, I don't understand. What does that mean? Well, I think what that can mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to contradict. I'm actually agreeing with you, David. I think the thing is your bliss may not make you money for 10 years. And also, you ready for this? In those 10 years, your bliss may become something completely different. Yeah. I think what, what you need to follow is, is your mind and your heart in equal parts. I mean, your mind, yeah, you got to keep the lights on, but you also have to remember who you want to be. You could call that your bliss. I, I, that word, I was always, I had a really hippie ex-girlfriend that used to say that a lot. It used to make me mad. Listen to a lot of, listen to a lot of wind <laughs> have, and Have pill. I opened some old windows there, Merlin? <laughs> One time she told me it sounded like I was not, quote, fully experiencing my emotions. And I just got mad. <laughs> she was cute though. She was skinny and she smelled like Neutrogena shampoo. She was nice. She's from Georgia. I'm just saying, uh, you should follow your bliss, but your bliss will change. You will change unless you want to sleep in a race car bed for the rest of your life. The dreams that you had when you were young are not going to stay with you. They're going to change. And you know, there's that John Lennon line about you know being busy, making plans, life goes on, blah, blah. I mean, it's really true. It's like you, but that, again, part two of Merlin's unfinished book, The Clarity Part, The Clarity Part's real. You know, once if you do know what you care about, maybe what you care about is keeping the lights on. Yeah, you're probably going to have to care about lots of things, but the clarity part is huge to me. Well, like, as an example, part is, that's the now. That's the now. It's not the then. It's the now. As an example, your bliss changes significantly when you have children because suddenly making <laughs> and sure, how sure they're. I never thought I'd enjoy Thomas the Train, and I do now. It's really, really weird. Hey, hey, brother! I went to a Wiggles concert. So oh, I oh, they wow. seem nice. Was it bad? It was but they, they play rock music, right? Uh, my daughter was having a great time, which meant I had a great time. I watched Toy Story 3 this morning. I have the best kid in the Oh, world. well, that's great. 
Oh, I know. No, seriously. Right? I mean, when she wants to watch Car, Car- uh, not Carmen Sandiego, when she wants to watch Dora, or uh, who's who's the the kid, the other guy, oh. Diego. Uh, oh God, Diego. His sister's hot, but Diego so annoying. And I'm like, honey, can we watch Toy Story too? She's like, no, I want to see him rescue the red eyed tree frog. It's like, oh, I hate that tree frog. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think uh, we've taken enough of your time, Merlin, but I really appreciate you coming back. And we got some real geeky stuff in this episode and some important life stuff, too. Are you going to break this up? This is really long. I think we'll just put it out as one. What do you think, Katie? I don't know. We'll have to see. I think we're about two and a half hours now. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're like we're as long as like a, like a Coppola movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a lot much of less, fun. Much less expensive. Hey, seriously. Probably more than once a year is too much, but any time, anything I can do for you guys. I really admire what you're doing. You guys don't suck at what you do. You haven't screwed it up by doing dumb stuff, and I just think you're great at it, and it's a complete joy and a pleasure and an honor uh, anytime, and I will pimp the crap out of you anytime. Thank you so much, Merlin. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for this show. Our sincere thanks to Merlin Mann for once again gracing us with his presence. I think we need to make this a, maybe kind of an annual thing. I think annual's about right. And, uh, you know, what I was saying earlier is, is really true. Merlin is just a wonderful person. If you get to know him, he really uh, looks out for people. And uh, I'm not sure that always comes across on the Internet, but he is he's really a, a great friend, I think. Yeah, and I cannot wait to read his book. So, Merlin, best of luck in getting that that finished up. Uh, and, and I'm just oof, I'm just so excited to, to see the final product. Yeah, looking good. So, anyway, uh, how do you get a hold of us, Katie? Well, you can check out our website to find what I'm sure will be exhaustive show notes for this episode, probably still in progress by the time this episode posts. And you can find all of that at www.macpowerusers.com. And also you can email us at feedback at macpowerusers.com, and that gets to both of us. Yeah. Uh, If you want to send us a voicemail, you can send it to the Google Voice number. That's 706-457-6937 or 706-45-POWER. There's also a link on our website. You can find us on Twitter. We're at Mac Power Users. And also we have our own uh, Twitter accounts. So it's at Katie Floyd and at Mac Sparky. Uh, and we're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash Mac Power Users. And if you liked this episode, we would really love it for you to leave an iTunes comment because that's one of the best ways that we get exposure on iTunes. You know, David, last time we had Merlin on the show, we were the number two tech podcast in iTunes. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I wonder if we can top number one this time. You never know. That would be so cool. Uh, you know, also I'd recommend, and this is just kind of a shameless plug, if you haven't, go over to MaxSparky.com and check it out. I think I've been doing some pretty good stuff there lately, and uh, I love to see the subscribers go up. So if it's interesting to you, if you like the show, you'd probably like the blog. Yeah, so head over to MaxSparky.com and, and also KatieFloyd.me and see, you may find something else. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to blog more over at katiefloyd.me, so I, I appreciate that. Uh, and lastly, thanks to our wonderful sponsors, Smile, One Password, and Omni Group. This show would not be possible without their support, and we sincerely appreciate it. Uh, so, David, what's next? Dropbox Extravaganza. All right. This one's been some time in coming. You know, Dropbox just becomes more and more important to us. Uh, yeah, I'm working on a new book, and one of the points I'm making is if you've got an iPad. You need a Dropbox account. I think if you've got more than one Mac, you, one more than one computer, you need a Dropbox account. I think well, you just need a Dropbox account, period. Yeah, well, I've been keeping a list now of all the different things you can do with it, and uh, we're putting that into an outline. We're going to have a special guest to talk about some of the cool things he does with the Dropbox. So uh, check it out. See you next time, and have a great day.